Hello, dark art lovers and dark artists. You are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast. I am Chet Czar. I am hosting the podcast. You may hear a snoring dog in the background. That's just Doc. Hear that? Oh, anyway, if you hear any snoring, it's my dog. So welcome to another episode. This is episode 105. And this week we interview Mike Carell, the guy I started the podcast with, whose life took crazy twists and turns. Wait, listen to this. Listen to him snore. Okay, anyway. Uh, whose life took crazy twists and turns and Mike ended up on the road with his family in an RV and he is going to tell that story. He had to quit the podcast because it was such a huge life change for him. And um, I think he, you know, explains, I, I interviewed him already and it was really a really great interview and it was great talking to him. Oh, Shut up. Let me shut the door. Okay, sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a great uh, interview. It was nice talking to him. I've talked to him a couple times since he's left the show on the phone and we've chatted, but he gives a great rundown of everything that led up to his departure as well as his current living situation and all the adventures he's on sounds like his life is very eventful now <laughs> to say the least and uh, he's doing really great so it was good talking to him and um yeah so that will be coming up after i read this month's or this sorry this week's uh new pledges on patreon i am making a concerted effort to stop saying um and uh so We'll see if it, uh, I just did it. Okay, so I'm going to stop doing that, and now I'm going to read the names of the new Patreon subscribers. And you too can subscribe if you're not already for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, Patreon, I just said, oh, again. Patreon.com slash Dark Art Society. It's growing really fast and enabling us to build this website at this point and get these pins made and get these shirts made and all the merchandise we're going to make and growing this thing. So, okay. New pledgers, Erica, UN. Thank you very much. Sam Bivens. Thanks for your generous pledge. That's awesome. Rasmus Svar. Thank you. Thank you. Anders Friedel. Thanks, Anders. Um, there's a deletion. Uh, Ken Germason. Thanks. Daniel Kern. Thank you. Marcel Bernhard. Thanks so much. Laura Dan. Thanks, Laura. If you don't know Laura's work, she's a really great painter. And she's actually, her company, Milk Prints, is, is uh, making the t-shirts for us, too. Thanks, Laura. And finally, Albert 
Carbajal. Thank you, Albert Carbajal. You roll one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine new members in a week. It's been going really well. It's very exciting. Everyone's, I, I feel like we're all getting in on the ground floor of something big with this dark art business, this whole dark art stuff. The, if you join up you to the Patreon, you can get into the dark art society, Facebook cooperative page, which boy is really flourishing. And I had no idea there were so many amazing artists that are listening to this podcast and following because people have been posting work and sharing work with one another and the level of work by people I've never heard of is pretty uh, impressive. I'm very impressed with the whole thing. So if you want a cool place on Facebook that doesn't suck, you can join this Patreon and go to the Dark Art Society Cooperative Facebook page. And only if you join, though. It's just for people that are willing to pay a dollar a month to show they're serious. Anyway... Uh, let's see. Okay, and then I keep saying uh. All right. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm going to get it. The first step is is awareness. Okay. So we've got the five questions. I, I talked to Brian Kilgore after, I think it was, yeah, last week's I did like a ton of questions. And I'm going to only do five questions per episode so it doesn't get too crazy. So... Here are the five questions that you, the listeners, have asked on Instagram. And you can follow the Dark Art Society Instagram at Dark Art Society. Okay. At Vivid Black Artistry, what is the hardest thing about running a Patreon? I'd say the hardest thing about running a Patreon. Well, there's two difficult aspects of it. One is keeping up with the content and delivering on what you promised. I mean, I'm behind a little bit on mine because of this pinch nerve in my back, which is still bugging the shit out of me. Getting better a little each day, but uh, it's just a, there enough to, to just kind of screw everything up. Um, <clears throat> but I'm trying to post every day. Um, so po keeping up with the content, it depends how much you content you promise in the first place. That's why I recommend maybe to not overextend yourself when you're starting a Patreon. And the other thing is just getting people over to Patreon because I've got personally on my personal Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Chetzar, I've got about 200 subscribers. And on Instagram, I've got over 107,000 followers. So, you know, I haven't been pushing that hard, but I, I did for a while promote, promote it quite a bit on Instagram, but I've only got 200 people over there. You know, if I got a thousand people, it would, you know, be huge. And that's just a small percentage of, of the uh, followers I have on Instagram. So it's difficult because it's a new platform, relatively new. And, you know, I took me a year to get over onto it myself. So I can't complain because I understand going onto a new Patreon, uh, a new uh, platform that asks you for money, even though it's only a dollar, is still, you know, it's not, I don't know, it just seems weird and unusual. And so anyway, that's what I think are the 
most difficult parts of running a Patreon. At Portrait Puppers, what's your opinion of tomatoes? Well, I like tomatoes, I guess. I don't love tomatoes. Um, there I go again. I'll tell you one thing about tomatoes that's significant to me. When I was a little kid, probably three years old, I remember on, I think it was Sesame Street, they were doing some bit. I don't know what it was about. Maybe they were talking about the letter T, but they cut a tomato in half and the whole TV screen was filled with this half of a tomato. Like you couldn't see outside of the tomato. Just imagine cutting a tomato half in half and then seeing the basically the center of a tomato. And it freaked me out. Like I was crying and screaming. It just was horrific to me. I don't know what I thought it was or maybe it looked like guts or something, but that freaked me out to the point where I remembered. I don't remember anything from my early childhood, but I remember that fucking tomato. Okay, see, I that was an um and I turned it into an okay. That's a good strategy. Okay, at Savage Zombie Art, who's another great dark artist out there. I love his work. Do you ever get artistic creative block? How do you alleviate the situation? I've talked about this before. I rarely get creative block. Sorry about the bird out there. I don't know if you can hear that bird. Just all kinds of wildlife at the Czar household. Um, creative block. What I do, I don't get it often, but when I do get it, I tend to go back to what the things that inspired me when I was younger. Going to a good art show is always a big uh, in, inspiring thing for me to do. When I go to a good art show, like I went to David Van Gogh's art show at the Dark Art Emporium, and that really inspired me. Anytime I go to a good art show, I just want to immediately go home and paint. It's just like instant inspiration when I see someone else doing it. Uh, when I see someone else doing some great artwork, and his show is great, and that gallery is great and inspiring. So going to shows inspires me, but also going to back to my conscious influences that I had when I was a kid. Like I'll throw on these old horror movies that I used to like or old horror comics, especially if it's something that you maybe forgot that inspired you and you remember, oh, I used to really love this. That's what I do personally. Uh, oh, there, I almost did it again. So, yes, books, art books. It's mostly art. Uh, music and art will inspire me to paint. Listening to music kind of inspires me, but seeing great art inspires me more than anything. So that's what I do. Okay, at Scott Minzy, is there an art form that you'd like to try, but the learning curve or barrier of entry is too high? Yes, that would be tattooing. That's what I would like to try. If I was rich and I didn't have to work for a living, I would absolutely get into tattooing because I have tried it a few times but I've tried it enough to know that it's difficult and it's going to take a few years to get good at it. And I don't have a few years to spare, really. It's not something I don't think you can do in your spare time. It's, I imagine it would require all of your attention, and I can't afford that. But I would love to do it. 
Okay. At B2RIANLS. Not sure what that's trying to say. I know who this is too. I recognize it, but I don't. I don't know. Okay. What are some artists in the lighter side of things that you find yourself drawn to? That's a good question. I would say Harley Brown is a great example. Um, uh, Bougaro is amazing. Soroya is amazing. Those are all kind of, uh, you know, not dark art that I like. Jeremy Lipking is amazing. Sean Cheatham is amazing. David Casson, who we're having on next week, is amazing. And they don't they do por traditional portraiture and stuff and, and landscapes. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, it's going to be a process to get me to stop saying uh. But yeah, those are artists that come to mind. At this point in my life, I'm more attracted to just great technique and great design of the paintings. I'm still, for, it's dark art first for me. That always grabs my attention. And I do always appreciate stuff that, you know, tends to be darker. But, well, Laura, Laura Dan, who I mentioned, she's a good example of someone who doesn't traditionally or necessarily paint only dark stuff. I like her work. There's a lot of artists. It's hard to, you know, maybe I should have made a list before I answered this question. But those are some, I'm sure as soon as I'm done with this, I'll think of a bunch of others. That's just the way it goes. So those are the five questions of the week. Send in your questions anytime through Instagram and I'll answer them. At the, on the next episode and you can ask them anytime and we'll just keep stockpiling them so that's it otherwise i'm still suffering a little bit from this back issue trying to get my work done but it's really put me in a stop a standstill pretty much but i'm trying to get a little bit of work done every day otherwise uh just had a meeting with a skype meeting with jeff Bradford, who's putting this temp, uh, website together for us. That's going well. Everything's going well. Everything's growing. Dark Art Society, number one. Dark Art Society's kicking butt. I'm just excited to be in on something early. I've always been on, in. I've always gotten into things late. You know, uh, for punk rock, I got in too late. I was very into punk. Minutemen, one of my favorite bands. I got into, I didn't get into them until after D. Boo and the guitar player died. It's always been like that. I've never been really at the forefront of something. And I feel like we're all getting in on this thing early. And it's exciting. So I think this movement's going to keep growing and keep getting bigger. Especially with all the, the artwork I'm seeing posted in that Facebook group. It's clear that that this is maybe even bigger than I had imagined. I think way more people are onto it than admit it or that people are aware of. So if you're into dark art, now's the time to come out of the closet, come out of the dark art closet.
you have a home now. Okay. Let's get into the interview I did with Mike. Like I said, it was really a great interview. Really fun. Really interesting. Mike's great at talking. Made me realize how much I miss doing the show with him, but I'm happy that he's doing well. And I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Here it goes. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chet. It's been a long time since I've been able to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since we did the same thing we did every episode for 89 episodes. Right. <laughs> How's it going out on the road? How's life it's, on the road? Um, it's wild and exciting and uh, scary and dismaying, but also fun and sublime and curious and informative. It's, it's wow. a lot of things. <laughs> wow. That sounds kind of amazing, really. Um, it is amazing. I mean, I, there's not a moment that I'm not in awe of the experience, be it because it's you know amazing and cool or because it's fucked up and difficult. <laughs> you know? But either way, I stand in awe. It's not boring, though. That's one thing it's not is boring, I imagine. There, there's nothing boring about it. Okay, so if you want to not be bored, if you have problems with boredom in your life, get an RV. And Go full-time on the road. Head, head out on the road full-time, and you'll know a life without boredom. <laughs> So I was thinking, you know, just before we get chatting, that for uh, new listeners, maybe you could explain your situation and how you got there and your involvement in the podcast for people that haven't, may not have heard, may not have gone sure. back to the early episodes where we were doing the podcast together. Yeah. So go for it. All right. Well, I'm, feel free, <laughs> feel free to jump in because you yes. know that you could get me to probably talk for an hour straight without breaks. So yeah, uh, <laughs> not, well, that's part of the that's part of what I'm doing. I don't feel like talking today, so I thought I'd just let you go. You've, oh, you've got like now so just, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure you've got. I just figure you have a <clears throat> a lot of bottled up talking that you haven't been able to get out over these last few months. So. It's true, actually. This is probably, <laughs> I would say this is the least amount of time in the past few months that I've talked, probably my whole life, really. Wow, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's a different, it's a whole exercise for me in doing the opposite of what I'm used to doing, but that's kind of here and I, I should go back to then. So, yeah. So for everybody who's listening, I, I was the co-host on this podcast for the first 89 episodes. And uh, that fell into my lap because Chet and I worked on the documentary together. I made the feature documentary, Chet Zara, I Like to Paint Monsters. And that what year did that come made, out? 2013? That came out. Or did we start? 20, okay, we started in 2013. Came out in 2016. Yeah, we, okay. we started filming. I did the Kickstarter in 2012. So technically it started September oh. 2012. And then we got, I, you know, I got the money in October and I purchased all the equipment. And then January of 2013 was when I came out for, uh, well, conjoined for conjoined three. Right. Right. And, uh, that was officially the beginning of production, I suppose. Cause that was when I started filming you and doing interviews and all of that. So I, I basically produced it between, if you include the Kickstarter from 2012, the next Kickstarter in 2014 for post-production and film festival circuit, and then post-production film festival circuit. And it was picked up late 2015 by First Run Features and mm -hmm. then released by them March of 2016. Okay. I believe it was March. 
and, and then we all became fam- we all became DVD. we all became rich and famous and lived happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, one thing one thing uh, I want to mention is that um, the, the 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 concept of the dark art society came up during the making of the documentary. Right, right, yeah. So that yeah. and that was from you know just Mike and I talking about this movement that we were seeing as we were making the documentary or as he was making the documentary about me, it became a kind of a documentary about the whole dark art movement and the whole concept of a dark art society kind of came up from that experience. So, you know, I don't think we we would have that. uh, This podcast wouldn't exist if that documentary didn't exist, you know? I mean, I don't know about that, but it definitely, you know, those two things coincided, you know, your wherewithal that there was this movement that needed a leader and a congealing force so that it could be, you know, somewhat of an organized structure. So it has more potential in the world. And I think that that idea came about during that time now is, you know, can we directly say, yeah, the documentary is, you know, happening is what created you being able to fully gestate that concept. Uh, I don't know. But I think that they definitely coincided. And and we had, you know, you and I had, I guess I, it was right after the 2014 Kickstarter for the post-production film festival portion of, the, of I Like to Paint Monsters. And I had gone out to see Myron to interview him in San Francisco. And mm-hmm. then on the way back to New Mexico, I stopped by your place and you put me up in the little studio in the back. Right. And that was when, when that really came out. You and I had, you know, had a good old time back there and filmed really off the cuff. And you showed me a bunch of your childhood artwork and did all that. And that was when I even recorded the discussion. You know, I even right. have the discussion oh, of us, you, ha- you know. Yeah. You still have it? <laughs> you know, I have it on tape. Oh, really? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you remember I used, I, I went on tape for everything. So everything, oh, that right. whole documentary is backed up on tape, even though that hard drive crashed. Oh, that's cool. Do you still have all I have tapes? everything on tape. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh good, hell yeah. good. Hell yeah. Excellent. Yeah, because there's, I mean, what? I shot 188 hours of footage and the documentary is only an hour and 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could probably make another three documentaries out of that footage. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, and I owe, and you know, and speaking of which, I owe a bunch of really cool supporters uh, a Blu-ray behind the scenes thing that I've been that they paid for and that I'm working on and then I had that hard drive crash so I couldn't finish it and I lost right. all the work yeah yeah so why don't you why don't you tell your story after of how everything came to be that you're on the road living in an RV right now and <laughs> traveling the United States all right well you know it actually the dark art society you know and the dark art society podcast had a lot to do with it because You know, that experience of, you know, you and I came up with the idea. It was really your idea, but, you know, nonetheless, I helped shape it certainly insofar as. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I I wouldn't have. I always I've been telling everybody I would not have done the podcast if you didn't do it with me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it on my own for sure. Well, I mean, through the process of making the documentary, you know, we became extremely good friends. And so you felt super comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. and, And I think that's what allowed you to break out of that, you know, not knowing how to approach talking on a podcast because you're a great talker, you know, but it's that level of like feeling anxious. And Mm -hmm. I think that the anxiety factor was seriously mitigated because you and I are so comfortable with each other. So we're just like chatting and even other, you know, even, even so listen to the early, (laughs) listen to the first podcast, listen to the early (laughs) podcast and how how bad I am. I definitely improved (laughs) over time. I can't bear, I I don't listen to any of the podcasts after I record them because I can't stand the sound of my voice, but, but I, I know that was pretty bad in the beginning. But anyway, I'm well, sorry. Well, I listened. I mean, you remember I was before Brian Cooper oh, right. and I was doing all the editing. So I had to listen to each of those That's and true. edit them and master them down. And then we got Brian who 
kicked my sorry mastering skills out of the water and did the beautiful thing that it is today. But, um, you know, yeah, it was the dark art society was an embryonic idea in the, you know, those days of making the documentary. And then after that was over, you and I wanted to work together still. It's like, dude, this is great. You know, we love each other. We want to do this. We, we think that there's really something amazing happening and that it, it needs this and more that we have to fill this role. Not that like, you know, more like we're chosen to fill this role. Not like, Oh, I sure want to do this. You know, it's more like this needs to happen and we're the people to be doing it, obviously. Mm -hmm. So Obvi, right? <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching an Atypical. <laughs> um, That's a great So, show. you know, that I think that that, you know, that whole experience of doing that and then being the, the co-host on it and in tandem with that, building Patreons, you know, I built my emails from Infinity One. That, you know, you motivated me dramatically to take my book, Emails from Infinity, and make it into a, a podcast, you know? Mm. You were like, you were the, the number one driving force aside from joy that was like, this is an amazing book. People would love to hear this, you know, and you were the one that was like, dude, you got to try GarageBand and make your own music. And, you know, and so you really, if it weren't for you pushing and nudging and then also, you know, doing the Dark Arts Society and kind of cutting my teeth on talking to an audience and having that experience those things together really pushed me into this realm of like, Hey, I can make my own music and, you know, I could record my own story and, and mm. score it and make sound effects. And, and, you know, it's an, it makes it more accessible to the digital age. And instead of being a situation where they have to sit down and read the book, they can actually right. just, you know, hang out and listen to it. And so that, that was kind of like the next stepping stone for me was like, okay, this is content that I've been a book I, I've been working on for years and years. And now I have a way to actually release it to people, build an audience, see what kind of feedback I get. And so doing that then, you know, led me to a variety of other things, including doing the Land of Enchantment tours, which is bringing people out to northern New Mexico and touring them around. But you were also still there behind the scenes like you need a personal Patreon for your, your ritual art and for the wardens mm -hmm. that you do and, you know, for and, and for these tours that you do and, and sharing that with people, your process of going out into these places and discovering these items and then bringing them back and storing them on altar spots and then picking and choosing intuitively through your ritual art, what goes together and making these, these wards, you know, to protect you or to bring you prosperity or whatever, you know, you again were this really driving force that was like, you should do this. You should do this. So, you know, then I've got another Patreon and I'm also building the Patreon for the dark arts society for you. And so I'm really getting, you know, into this milieu of like crowdfunding in a way that wasn't my traditional experience, which was through Kickstarter. Cause you know, I've, what now I've, I've been manager on nine successful Kickstarters in six years. And so that to me was, I learned to do it out of necessity. I wanted to make a film about you, but really it taught me this whole skill set, which was able, you know, better able to realize then that there are these other options too, you know, like Patreon and things like that, where you can have this regular audience that's engaged and they're interested and they're mm -hmm. subscribing just like to Pandora, but to your indie deal, you know? Right. And so I think all of that, you know, worked together. And then of course you can't discount, you know, incredible, uh, um, difficulties i mean i really was struggling for those that whole period of time we were doing the podcast you watched me i mean mm -hmm. i was barely keeping that house i was barely keeping that property i was you know 
uh, nearly just, you know, I mean, really, we were sinking. The ship was sinking. There's no other way to put it. It was like, if we don't do, if we don't get rid of this now, we may not be able to, it may be taken from us. We got to, right. we got to, you know, we got to do something. And as much as I, you know, worked and worked and worked towards these things that I was doing, it, it wasn't working back for me, you know? And so at a given point in time, you realize I've got to change my approach. I mean, I, like, this approach is not going to work. I still can do the things I I, I want to do, but I'm going to have to find a different way to do them. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so then, you know, then it was big decisions like, well, okay, let's put the house on the market, sell the house. And, you know, 10 years ago, before I even moved to New Mexico, Joy and I had this dream of moving into full-time with our dogs and RV and traveling around and basically doing what we're doing now. But at the time I had no fan base. I was a nobody. No, you know, I, I wasn't, I just really had no presence. I wasn't on Facebook then for right, sure. Yeah. I didn't yeah. On Facebook yeah. You weren't on social you know? Yeah, you weren't on social media or anything. Nothing. Any yeah, social media. So I, <clears throat> right. So I'm like making cool art and writing cool manuscripts and doing all this, you know, and making, making films and stuff, but nobody knows who I am. So back then it wouldn't have worked. Not to mention, we just didn't have the capital. There was no way that we had any, we had no equity. We'd been renting. So it wasn't like we we're going to buy a big old vehicle, you know, that you can live in. It's like, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So even though that was the dream, it was like, here we were 10 years later, all of a sudden realizing aha, like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. That's what all of this past 10 years has been about. It's like, we had this dream. We were, it, it was our bliss. We, we wanted it. And we just didn't know exactly what it was that it was going to take to get it for us. But 10 years later, we're doing the thing. And what it took was an incredible amount of struggle and work and perseverance and fortitude and flexibility and adaptability and all of this to get through this period of working as a full-time casino manager and making a film simultaneously full-time and then quitting my full-time job with no financial net safety net in order to finish making the documentary and then going on the film festival circuit and then you know building this fan base making the film releasing it and then working with you on dystopia and and, you know so Mm. on and so forth so all of that is what it took to get the dream you know to make manifest the dream which is to be you know nomads you know and that's what even i mean dude our our idea of recreation when when we were struggling was like we couldn't spend any money on anything but you could you know we could spend twenty dollars to hop in the car and just drive for 10 hours yeah that was your thing (laughs) that was driving yeah yeah i'd be like okay so uh, we're leaving our house and our destination is our house <laughs> mm-hmm. and we have 10 hours. Let's see what we can find, you right. know? And, and the reason we, you know, we loved it the whole time we were doing it. We're like, this is amazing. This is so fun. This is like, I wish I could do this all the time and be able to still make a living doing it. And, you know, be and and really the idea has always been like, your life is your work. You're not working for your life. You know, right. it's like, I, I want what I do to be my work, you know, and, and I guarantee you, that's what I've been living here for a period yeah. of time. And it, it always means so much more than, you know, you think it, you think it means, but <laughs> so, you know, I mean, again, I think all of those things were shaping forces in the cumulative outcome, which is sitting here now on the side of the Suwannee river in North Florida, looking out the window of the steamboat, which is our name for, for the rig that we live in with my three dogs sleeping on their beds on the floor. And, you know, and so I, it's, I think all of those things, but it's hard to just pinpoint one of them and like, Oh, I wonder what, you know, really it was. I mean, the fact that someone was willing to buy our house so quickly. Yeah. That that was, that was a trip when you were telling me about all the, you know, all the, all the signs were pointing to 
supporting this idea in a way, you know? Yeah. What are the chances? Well, that you didn't use a realtor and how right. did the person found out like in some weird way about your house being yeah, for sale? It's like, and- yeah. The story was like, is like, I'm sitting there, I get a telephone call on the landline. Cause you know, we had no cell phones. Like this right. is the first time I've had a cell phone in two years. Cause I couldn't afford one. Cause we were, I mean, I was, you remember I was hauling wood on my shoulder up to the house to cut it up with a circular saw so that I could feed my wood burning stove because I couldn't put gas in the, you know, house right. like, <laughs> to like heat it and stuff, you know, like I mean, it was dire, you know? <laughs> So I'm here I am, you know, on the edge of just losing everything. And the phone rings, the landline rings, and I never answered the landline. They're like, it's just like, even when we had the house for sale, I was like, I can't deal with it. I was just so stressed right. out. So many, you know, so many creditors after me and so much just this nightmarish situation. And so, but I answered it. Who knows why? And I'm like, I didn't recognize the name. And I answered the phone and it's this woman. And she's like, oh, I'm really interested in seeing your house. Can I see it right now? And I'm like, mm, I mean, no, I would need like a couple days, you know, just to make sure it looks right and everything. And she's like, well, I'm about to leave town. I'm not from here. And she's like, going to drive these states away. And she's like, literally like, where are you at? And I'm telling her she's on her cell phone in an area where normally there's no cell phone connection. And she's looking at the house wow. as we're talking <laughs> on, yeah, on the cell phone. And she's like, okay, I see it now. I love it. I'll be back in two weeks. And off she goes, right? And we're um, like, whoa. So you, know, went, like, just, this, you had put some signs up or something, right? Check it out. I had like, I'd ran out of color ink cartridges <laughs> on my printer, right? And so all I had done was I'd printed out some black and white paper <laughs> copies of this. Come to find out the one I hung up at the post office that like she saw it at the post. And actually even better than that, a guy who she had who she had bought some other property from years back saw it and was showing her this ad and was like, basically, cause he had another property he wanted to sell her and he was using it as a way to be like, you know, this is how much they're asking for this. And that's why my place is better. Oh, that's but she saw, yeah. Yeah. And I know you didn't even hear any of yeah. that. So yeah. So, and of course I found this all out afterwards cause we right. became friend, friends with this woman, but nevertheless. So yeah. So the story is so, I mean, I guess the, the moral before I go too much into it is like, you know, if all the synchronicities are positive and leading in a positive direction, you're on the right path. And if all the synchronicities are bad and leading in a bad direction, you're clearly <laughs> on the wrong path, you know? And so things have been heading in a pretty bad direction. And now all of a sudden I got this woman and, you know, I mean, what do you going to believe that? Like, oh, I'll be back in two weeks. You're like, well, uh, uh, you know, okay. So for two weeks, I, you know, I did a couple more calls. I called up a realtor. And the funniest thing about it is, is this realtor, we had them come out and look, cause we didn't know maybe, maybe a realtor is the way to go. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I, I can't sell it on my own. I don't know. And so they don't charge you anything. Let's come out and look at your place. I'm like, okay. So she comes out, she looks at the place. And she says, you know, she's kind of selling herself. And she's like, well, you know, I mean, people just don't sell their houses by someone, you know, seeing some flyer hanging in a post office on a billboard anymore or on a tag board anymore. You know? And at the time, I didn't know that that's how this woman had found it. So, I, you know, she's she's saying all the things like, you know, that's that just doesn't happen these days, you know. And then lo and behold, I find out that's exactly how it happened. It's like she found it literally at the place this realtor said people don't find these things anymore you know just the irony yeah yeah so yeah but the the cool thing about all of that was that she was will she wanted to buy it she didn't want to use banks she didn't want to deal with inspections she didn't want anybody involved she just wanted me and my wife you know me and joy and and her and that was it so she worked with us she was willing to keep all the furniture she was willing to keep all the appliance anything we wanted to leave behind she was willing to keep 
you know, and we were able to let her have time to get together her funds and work that all out, you know, and, and so we, you know, that whole process was a very uh, communal process. It was, you know, uh, everyone benefits. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, I mean, amazing that it worked out that way. And then through the process to find out she's a healer and does body work and she taught joy a whole bunch of amazing stuff. And it was just, you know, I mean, again, one thing after another, after another, you know, and then that was the funny thing about the steamboat. I remember I told you I got you know, we got the first down payment. And so she was going to give us enough so that we could pay off the mortgage. So we're free and clear. So the title's free for her to take over the house and have enough left over to get ourselves our, the steamboat, because, you know, we needed to have a vehicle that we could start outfitting in preparation for leaving. Like you can't go and stay at a hotel and try to shop for your house on wheels from a hotel with your three dogs and you, all your stuff, like some, somewhere, who knows, you know? So it just worked out that she was like, oh, no, it's going to take me a couple months. It's cool. So why don't you guys, you know, hang tight there at the house and, you know, get what you need to get. And so we were able to go ahead and shop for the vehicle. And that was the next synchronicity was that it ended up being that the vehicle that Joy had been researching was still on the market from three months earlier on Craigslist. We had already done some shopping, so we kind of knew what was what because we'd gone to a few lots just to kind of get a feel through. Mm-hmm. And the very vehicle that was like the number one full-timing RV that ever existed happens to be for sale, happens to be just down in Albuquerque, which is only a few hours away from us versus like Arizona, Colorado, Texas, mm-hmm. you know. And we go to look at it, and it's a guy that Joy had worked with. Wow. <laughs> guy that she he was like, you know, she worked in casinos in slots. Well, this guy, he worked for a slot company. So like when they would do an install and bringing machines that were special machines that were like owned by a company, not by the casino, they send their crew in and they have to work with the on the ground techs. Well, this guy was one of the main techs that had come in like time and time again. So Joyce worked with this guy. So like, what are the odds? I mean, we're shopping four states. We find the very one that we need to do what we're going to do. It's exactly in our price range. And it's from this guy who's like super cool. She's worked with him. So he's not BSing us. He pointed out the things that were wrong and what we might do to fix them. I mean, it was, again, just the next thing like, oh, yeah, you're clearly on the right path. Right, right. You know? obviously. And amidst all that, it's difficult. I mean, we were, we went through the worst winter we've ever gone through. We're boondocking, which basically means that you're not hooked up to shore power. So you're using 12 volt power, which is your onboard power. And then we're dry camping, which means that you're not using your water systems. Cause when we bought the vehicle, it was already winterized. Mm-hmm. So it's already got, you know, uh, coolant or not coolant, um, uh, antifreeze in it, you know? And also we're in a foot and a half of snow with negative 10 degree wind chill, just getting our asses handed to us by mother nature in Northern New Mexico. Never seen it that bad in all the years I lived there, lived there for nine years, never seen it like that. And we're letting her move into the house. So all we're doing is going into the house to do laundry, take showers. That's it. We're cooking, we're living everything, but we have no water. Like, you know, so you got to like ferry all your water out. So we're not using the toilet. We're not using the sinks or, you know what I mean? Wow. All these systems because it's too cold and there's no tank heaters on this because it's oh a little God. older and it needs, you know, needed a little work. Yeah. So we're just like, you know, chilling in the driveway. And so it's like, you know, it's intense. That, yeah. You know, and, and this is kind of where the, I shared all this obviously with my, you know, with my patrons. Cause it was, we were there, we were having this experience. It's like videos of me pushing snow off the roof and like all just the intensity of trying to deal with that experience. Yeah. But we got through it, you know, and then we closed on the house and we were able to finalize that chapter. And then it's like, 
off we go. And it really was like, off we go. I mean, we, you know, we closed with this woman. She had to leave town again. So she left. So we're back at the house. She owns the house now. We're back at it. And we had like three days left. So we literally like went and got cell phones, got the last of the few things that we needed, you know. And the only thing that was left was we needed a trailer to haul the juke, which we call the Glitchmobile. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's an all-wheel drive vehicle. So it can't have two wheels on the ground. It can't have four wheels on the ground. It has to be off of the ground. So now all of a sudden we're like, oh, we got to get... You know, we got to get a full car hauler. So we literally buy this car hauler. We go in, we find the one. Again, same thing. We, we go to this weird little place that's off the freeway in the middle of Pawake, like Nowheresville, and they happen to have the ex- one of the exact trailer that we need. I mean, exact. Like, mm-hmm. And we're like, oh my, you know, you just can't even make this stuff up. Yeah. So it's like, it was a lot more expensive than what we had originally planned on spending because we had to haul the car off the ground. So we bought it. But then we had to go do all the title and the registration with it. So we left it there. We went back to the house, you know, stayed the night, got up the next day. This is the day we're going to leave. You know, we, we got the, it's registered. We've got full-time insurance on, on the RV, the Jukes ready to go. And we literally, you know, have downsized from 1,250 square feet plus outdoor storage to 29 feet by 8 feet across. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's such an incredible downside to the point that we have a one in one out rule where if you bring something in, you got to throw something away. You know, right. like you get a new shirt, another shirt gets given to Goodwill. You right, know what I mean? You right. get a new towel, a towel goes to Goodwill. And but so, can, can you mention your catastrophic hard drive failure in there at some point? Oh, right. Because <laughs> that right. was a, another big thing that happened in the midst of uh, this whole process, right? Right. Well, okay. So if we go back to September of 2018, we'd done the Dark Art Society retreat. And this was like, you know, for us, the Dark Art Society retreat was like, if we could, if this can work, if we can get this retreat to work for the people and, and for the Dark Art Society, but also if we can make a retreat work in such a way that we can continue to afford to set these up and, and, and make this work, you know, stay at this house and continue to do the land of enchantment right. tours. And Might help you to keep do all the house. Exactly. And so we are like, this is kind of the clincher. If this works and, and we come out of this on the other side in a position where we're like, this is sustainable, then we will stay. And so, you know, I built the outhouse. We had everybody out. It was an awesome time. You know, we learned there were some things we could have done differently. Everybody leaves. And I swear it was like the, the next Monday or something. I go to get on my computer. Now, this is the computer that had edited I Like Saint Monsters. It was the one that our executive producer, Misha, had gotten me, you know, mm-hmm. and I go to sit down and, you know, my life is obviously is just like with you, except for your painting. It's like a lot of it has to do with technology and being able to edit your videos, you right. know, and be able to add music to things and like use Photoshop and make banners and advertise. Yeah, and Patreon. And all... Huh? Everything, yeah, Patreon, everything, everything, you know, everything I do is like I, on this computer and I sit down and man, I push the button and it comes up and it just has a a gray circle with a line through it. And I'm like, what in the (laughs) fuck? Like, you gotta be kidding me right now, you know? Yeah. So I start problem solving it, you know, like I, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I start trying to figure it out and I'm able to basically hard reboot it off my external AC drive. It will not touch the internal drive. And I like go through the whole process and it's just like red. Like it only shows as red when you get in there. And all my programs are installed there. And the irony of this is that a week before I had absolutely cleaned that Lacey drive and there was, I think it was like 1.9 gigabytes or uh, excuse me, it was just shy of a terabyte. It was like 1,900 gigabytes or something of available space. And I was like 
just at that stage to drag and drop everything over there. I'd like, oh, with, you know, fixing it all up. And fucking like the next Monday, bam, because I had the retreat. I wasn't able to pay attention to all that. I came back to work. I was, you know, doing all the stuff I do, catching up on social media for my clients and whatever. And I get on and it won't turn on. So I can't, I don't have access to that hard drive. And I'm just like, and I just changed over my other Patreon, which was the emails from Infinity One to the horror film that I was working right, on. Right, which was all on the hard and drive. So, and it's all on the hard drive, totally. <laughs> and I'm like, and I and I've just like publicized it and everyone I'm getting patrons and they're like interested. And I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be so great. <laughs> and then now it's like, oh well, yeah, never mind because I'm fucked. So um, <laughs> forget about all that. And uh, Bless Shane Isaacowski's heart. I got to give mad props to Shane out here because yeah, he comes awesome. along and does a GoFundMe for me, even though I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. And he was like, you know, you need it. You need it. And I was like, oh, I have to accept help. God, this is hard. And, you know, <laughs> but yeah. man, you know, he, he really, Joy and I would not have made it. I mean, without that, without that happening right then, mm-hmm. I don't think, I really don't think we would have been able to get to the stage where we were able to sell that house clean and get out of there because we were absolutely, I mean, it was like, you go from your whole business is there to your whole business is gone, right? Right, yeah, the whole, whole, your whole way of that, making that's a, that's a motorboat going by on the Swanee River right now. <laughs> so he was like, oh, man. Like, sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah, my whole money-making machine is down. I have no access to any of that. Shane helps me out big time, and all my supporters, anyone who's listening that was involved in that, thank you so much. You literally saved our absolute asses. Like, the power of the people in that moment, like, yeah. you know, it instills some hope in you, really. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. So that happened. So that's lame, you know? And so what I just kept doing was like, basically just documenting like the true horror of my life. Little did you know when you, when you started a, uh, a Patreon called New Mexico, true horror that you were going to get <laughs> true horror. <laughs> uh, as true as it gets. Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I mean, it was, you were, and how could you not just kind of like, it back and scratch your head in awe yeah i mean it's like kind of in awe of it it was it was like i it's just it could not it couldn't it was like it was the negative synchronicities kind of you know exactly so it was definitely pushing you like everything it was out yeah it was yeah it was pushing you to to where you're at now for sure because nothing is working you know like in in a way that was so pronounced it was just obvious yeah, I mean, but it's like, you know, you still when you're facing a situation like that, the choice still exists to, you know, make myriad other choices. I mean, we, you know, we didn't have to say, yeah, we're going to we're going to change our entire lifestyle and we're going to sell this place and we're going to, you know, devote right. all that, you know, all of that equity into doing this. There's a lot of ways that a person might deal with oh, the yeah. fact that, you know, they might lose their house and property. Sure. So I think that part of the reason why it worked is because we actually went full force. We gave it everything we had. We surrendered to it. You know, it was like there is in our minds, there is no other option. Like we either do this or I I don't even wake up tomorrow. I don't even exist. Like I will, I will instantaneously, you know, de-atomize and I will be gone. (laughs) Because like, that was the only option, you know? And I think it's like, like making the documentary, quitting my full-time job, joy quitting hers without anything there. It's that, show it's that grand gesture to the universe of, of ultimate faith that you're going to jump and it's going to catch you and, and you may not understand how and you 
you know, it may be scary, but that you're willing to really risk everything. And right. it comes down to that risk thing. You know, you're really, you're, you're all in You're you push your bet. All your, all your chips are in the middle of the table. You right. know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think you get paid for that. Uh, you know, as a spirit, as a person, as a soul, oh, yeah. I think everyone does, you yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. it's God, what it takes to put you in that spot. I mean, don't you wish you could just flip that switch and be that like, you know, with, surrender that much without this, you know, incredible amount of adversity. Well, you know, you know imagine, uh, being in the situation you were before everything really went to shit and going, uh, you know, my true destiny, my dream that I've forgotten about is to live life on the road in an RV. So let's stop everything and just go do that. It's like, yeah. you know, you need, you need to push sometimes. Like, it's like with the painting thing, you know, I, I wound up at painting is clearly my thing, you know, my, my bliss or whatever. And, um, you know, when I started doing fine art, when I, it was a process. It was like, okay, first I was in bands. I wanted to be, that was my dream to be, you know, from right. like 17 to late twenties or whatever. Um, I, I want to be a musician. I want to play in bands, blah, blah, blah. I was totally into that. That didn't work. Okay. I'm going to start a computer animation business. Cause I was really into computer right. animation. That didn't right. work. Okay. I'm going to try fine art, you know, as another, there was another little spark there. Okay. I'm going to try fine art. So then I try to do this sculpture because I was going to be a sculptor. I do that. Right. And that just is clear when that's done that there's no way I can make a living doing that the way I want to do it. So yeah, yeah. then I'm like, okay, I could do painting and um, I could do paintings and probably, you know, I'm going to try do, doing paintings and selling them because that's, cheaper to do and I can do it and easier to do than sculpture, blah, blah, blah. And that ends up being my thing. And then at that point you realize, Oh yeah. I remember when I was in the first grade, I used to imagine myself <laughs> standing in front of an easel and painting and that right, was my right. ultimate dream. And so, <laughs> you know, some, you forget sometimes what you really want and yeah. so, and, and, no, it's true. and, yeah. and light, reality can, can, to push you to to realize what you really want in a way. You well, know? it's that contrast. I mean, it's like you know, if you if the only way that that as a, I was able to even kind of reconnoiter that again, like you said, and find this thing that I had had somehow been lost in the melee of life mm -hmm. was, you know, through that contrast because I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't have known that I was feeling so, you know, dissatisfied with the direction of things unless if there was something there to tell me that. Right. So on the flip side of that coin, I, I now wouldn't be able to appreciate as much what this takes because I could, would have no contrast. I couldn't compare and contrast it to my house. It's like, you know, the, the water pump goes out in, in the domicile portion of the steamboat and you fix it yourself, it takes a day and it costs you $60. I mean, that happens at your house. Mm -hmm. And it's going to cost, you know, just $600 for the plumber, let alone for whatever the part is and whatever damage that might have done, you know. And so, again, that ability to compare and contrast, it's like if you, if all you knew is living in an RV all the time, you know, maybe living in a house would be just amazing. But when you've just lived in houses and, and you've, it's all on you, you're the owner, it's all, you know, something goes wrong, you got to come up with that money. And you're an indie and you're an artist and you're working, you know, for yourself, for your own company. And that the amount of stress and pressure of that lifestyle, you know, to sacrifice all of the conveniences and all the space and all of the things and all of the, you know, that mm -hmm. go into having that is so 
you know, now I look back and I'm like, in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, like I, I would make this choice again a thousand times over, right. you know? Yeah, and yeah. that's in the face of, you know, I've dealt with a lot of hardcore shit here the past couple of months doing this, but it doesn't, it just pales in comparison because, it, you know, I can compare and contrast. And that's kind of the point is like that comparing and contrasting. So like you said, all the misery and struggle and fear and anxiety and pushing and, and trying to make it, but then not making it and then trying this a little bit off and then not making it all of that, you know, colors your ability to see what you really want deep right. down inside, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when you get it, you can appreciate it in a way that there's no way you could appreciate it. Otherwise, yeah, abs- have you not experienced all of that? Definitely. Definitely. I totally agree with that. Okay. So now you're on the road. Well, you're on, and, and you're actually, on the road. And, and I'd like to mention that real quick. I'd like to mention okay. that part of that story was me going on sabbatical from the Dark Art Society podcast and then the retiring from the Dark Art, oh, Art right, Society right. podcast. So I want to mention that because, you know, amidst all of this kind of the why I ended up going on that sabbatical is that here we are in this process of basically trying to figure out, okay, how can you live this lifestyle? What do we need to live this lifestyle? What do we need to get rid of to live this lifestyle? And then going through all of that while also going through the home sale, I just realized that, you know, there's no way that I'm going to be able to sit down and commit to, you know, recording these episodes in such a fashion that you can organize your life around it. And I really just need to step back from it and like focus on what's at hand, which is finalizing this home sale, mm-hmm. getting the things I need to be able to live this life and testing it basically in the driveway, you know, right, right. And, and getting a feel for living in it before we're actually moving in it and we're running all the systems and we're landing wherever we're landing, waking up wherever we wake up at. And so I just, I really needed to step back so that I could, you know, focus on what this was all going to be. You know, mm-hmm. so I did, and I and it was great that I did. And then at a given point in time, I realized, you know, the truth is, if I say I'm on sabbatical, and then I keep saying, oh, well, I'm going to be back in a month, or I'll be back in a month. It's like that's not fair to the society. That's not fair to you. It's not fair to me because how would I even know until I'm actually out on the road what I'm going to face? Right. You know, and yeah. I needed to finish the home sale to have the resources to even buy a lot of the things I needed, which are, you know, like the booster, this is the only reason we're Skyping right now. And, right. you know, all of the little gadgets that you need to be able to do digital from the road. And I just, I, I wasn't sure like, well, I mean, where are we going to land first? And then once we land there, will I be able to have something shipped to me? And then will I be able to install it? And how long, and then I got to test it. And how long will that take? And here we are. I mean, if I had just, said, oh, I'm going to be on sabbatical, this would be my first time back on the right. show. Yeah, yeah, that's nine. I mean, yeah, that's a, whatever episode you're on. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, this is going to be a episode 105. So, um, right. Um, and, 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 uh, if you think about it, you know, it, it was the right decision because from what you've told me, I've talked to you a few times since you've been on the road, it's like, there's no way you would have had time. There's absolutely no way. So it was like, you were kind of thinking, I don't know what lies ahead, but I know I'm probably not going to be able to commit to this right now. Cause I have no idea what it is. And then it turns out that I, I doubt you've had even, you wouldn't have been able to do it until now. Like you just said, you know? So, yeah. 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 I mean, I, and, and as much as I would have wanted to, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so, but the other side of that, and that's again, to me, that's a positive synchronicity. That's like, okay, 
I made the prudent decision, right. as difficult as it was to make. Yeah, which neither of us wanted. Outcome, you know, neither. No, neither no. Of us I wanted mean, it to happen. I, I, I felt like I felt like you know. I, I, you even said it. You were like, oh, I feel like we're like having a breakup. You know, what <laughs> I, I mean? feel you like you're breaking like, up with me. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's like you know, it, it, neither of us wanted that, but it was just what needed to happen. And right. I remember the first time we talked on the phone, and I gave you the lowdown on what was going on. You were like, okay. You were like. No wonder you needed to take a break from the show. Like right. you were like, obviously, there's no fucking. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You just, yeah, yeah. It didn't click until you told me everything, really. And you can only, I mean, you can only imagine that stuff to some degree. Right. You, can, you know, when you're when you're actually going through it, it's like you start to realize all of the little ticks and tats of every little motion you have to make to you know, figure something like that out. It's one thing that's stressful enough just selling your house. Right. It's another thing to be like, oh, and I'm also going to move into a 29-foot RV and <laughs> pull my car and live as a nomad. Yeah. And what does that mean? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it wouldn't have even happened till now. And also, I mean, really, and I, I know we talked about this before, but I'll say it again, and I, I know I said it to the Dark Arts Society on the Patreon and, and also on the cooperative group on Facebook, but, you know, it's to me, it was like, it was it was a selfless act in one sense, not entirely, because part of it was very selfish, which is like, there's no, I don't have any fucking time for this. Right. But the other half of it was like, this movement isn't about me. This podcast isn't about me, nor is it really about you. Right. What it's about is fucking dark art. Yep. It's about dark artists. It's about dark art people that, that sell it, that collect it, that make it, that, you know, it's mm -hmm. about that. It's about the movement. And so, I felt okay about it because I knew that it was like, if nothing else, what this is going to do in all likelihood. And again, just, you know, at the time I was, it was prospective in my mind, but I was like, Chet's will probably not take someone else on and just keep doing interviews. And that's better for the movement. Yeah. I mean, it turns really, out like, yeah, you know? people are digging the interviews and it's, it's become an interview podcast now for dark artists. Yeah. And, and at first I was like, that's, you know, how are we going to get all these, find all these dark artists to interview. And, and now I, my list is so long. It's like literally going to be, you know, a year or something before I could get to some of these artists. There's so many artists out there. And, yep. you know, I, I, I've never been a fan of like talk shows, I, but I've just never been a fan of um, hearing, you know, celebrities being interviewed on like uh, the Jay Leno show or any of that show, yeah, or yeah. Oprah or whatever. And then, I, yeah. and then I, so it never occurred to me that an interview show might be the best way to take it just because also because we had our thing going, our little rapport between the two of us. Yeah. And, um, but then I real after this, we had kind of were forced to change formats a little bit <clears throat> or our, our focus. Anyway, I started thinking, you know, I don't like interview shows because I don't like the people being interviewed. I don't care about regular <laughs> right, celebrities. Right. It's like, but, but then I was thinking, you know, when, when I heard the guy from uh, Gerald Casale from Devo was going to be on this one podcast, I was like, so there, and I loved it. Yeah. And, and, you know, anytime there's a really cool artist I like, I love that shit or musician. So uh, it was, you know, kind <laughs> of felt, feels like it was the right way, whether you, you left it or not, it felt like it was the, the right way to take the podcast for sure. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, and I just, you know, I told Joy the other day, I said, honestly, I think the best thing I ever did for the Dark Arts Society podcast was to step away from it. Right. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I was like the best thing that I, you know, that I brought to the table in that regard. And, you know, that's not to discount the fact that obviously I helped you create it and we cut our teeth doing it together yeah, and, yeah. That, you know, it wouldn't be what it is and la -di da And I know all that. And that's great. And people, there's not a day go by that people don't say that kind of stuff to me still. And so I get plenty of that positive feedback. So it's not like I feel like, oh, you know, 
oh gosh. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, I feel so excited that, I mean, what I watched what's going on there, man, it's more active and more thriving and more inclusive know, and again, more driving than I've ever seen. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's really... you know, it, it allowed people to step up mm-hmm. and fill a bunch of the roles that I was filling. You mm-hmm. take one guy and he's doing six things, you split that between four people and all of a sudden, each person's only doing two things. And right. wow, amazing how much better it is. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So it's, it is working out. But, well, anyway, so I just wanted to put that in there before I got onto the I'm on the road because, yeah, okay. there's a lot to talk about on the road. But yeah, I, I yeah. didn't want people to, you know, I don't want to glaze over the fact that it's like I was, you know, I, I know that I was a, a fixture on the show and, and here I am guesting and people are hearing my voice again. And so, yeah, you yeah. know, I, hopefully the sound of me is like a little more relieved and, and happier than I was for a period of time. Because <laughs> right. I know I look like shit every time we were, <laughs> before we'd record, you'd be like, Man, are you all right? You, know, you look like shit. <laughs> oh, God. And I'd be like, I yeah, forgot. it's just like a video podcast. Uh. I forgot about that. It's like at one point you were so skinny. It was like you, you literally didn't have food to eat, money to get yeah. food. And you were like yeah. losing all kinds of weight. And, you, and I was like, I was starving. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, I lost 30 pounds. I, I oh, fucking starved. Are you serious? And that's the thing. That's the thing is, is like, you know, it's one thing to talk about that. It's another thing to have that experience, you know? (laughs) And like, I never had that problem as a kid. You know, my parents, they were middle class and they took care of me and I never starved. And, you know, I think it's really good for a person's temperament to starve at least once in their life for a period of time. (laughs) Unintentionally, like not because you're like, oh, I'm going to fast, but like, no, because you're starving because you can't afford food, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It it, it puts a lot of things in perspective. It really, you know, humbles you in many ways. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. But yeah, I was, and that was why I was losing all that weight. And it was, yeah, it was, that was intense. That yeah. was, I mean, it, I, you know, I've never, there's nothing in my life I've ever sacrificed more for than, you know, being an artist. And that, right. that was part of it. I'm not willing, you know, to go and do the other thing. I won't, right. I, I refuse. I will not, you know, to that point that I would starve. Right. And, you know, and my parents are like, you know, they don't, under, they didn't understand that they're like, it was why like <laughs> go get a job you know? and i'm like this is my job like i am starving for my job right now right. like that's what it is it's like you can't if you're doing this 100% you don't give part of that away somewhere else you have to give it all right. you know what i mean there's not a moment to give away every moment you have to be living it right. you know and so if that's what it required fine i will put my 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 toll in the bank i don't care you know it's like it, and it was miserable. And don't get me wrong. I was not happy about it. And I did not enjoy it at the time. But I'm glad I went through it mm-hmm. in hindsight, for sure. You yeah. know, and at the time, I was able to still muster enough to not be a prick to everybody in my life. So right. Yeah. You couldn't have been that well. bad. You That's know? for sure. You handled it really well, I'll have to say. I mean, I remember how many times you'd just be like, I don't even know how you're how you're not losing your mind with all this. Yeah. You're not going, like how you're even holding it together. I know, you know? I know. I was, I was afraid you were going to have a nervous breakdown or something because it was just like one thing after another. It's just yep. insane. So, I mean, it was a, yep. it was like a, uh, an extreme test for you, for sure. Definitely a dark night of the soul. Yeah, absolutely. Dark <laughs> night of the soul where you, you know, and, and, you know, now you're, and you made it through and, now you're living this new life. So, uh, you know, that's a whole other story, which I want you to talk about because you've been telling me these stories on the road. And it's like, <laughs> who, I mean, everyone thinks I know I, I used to, to dream about like, you know, giving it all up and living on the road with an RV. Right. Like Lisa and I've talked about that many times. I think sure. a lot of people do because it sounds fun, you know? And then 
I start hearing the realities of it <laughs> from what you're telling me. And it's like, every day is a, a job, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like a, a job. So, you know, what's it like, what's it like living on the road and, and living, Man, in, living in an RV? It's weird because it's like, you know, started so quickly because it was like, we were living in the yeah, RV in the driveway, mm -hmm. you know, but we drove away from our house and Joy was still driving in the juke and we drove down to pick this, this trailer up. We'd never even, I'd never, I mean, I've been testing the, the steamboat out driving, you know, 29 feet around. So like, oh, okay, that's no, you know, I got a feel for that, but I'm like about to add 16 feet of trailer and 5,000 pounds <laughs> to the back of it. And I've never even done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, driving an RV and is we've, we've locked the keys in the house. Enough. We don't own the house anymore. It's like not our house. Yeah. You can't go back. Gate, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we drive down to this RV place or not RV place, trailer place rather. And we just go up and the guy helps us, you know, hitch it on and plug it in. And I had bought some come alongs for, you know, to strap the car down. And so it's like all just like firsties, you know, it's just like, Oh, here we go. Like mm -hmm. I'm about to, you know, drive the car up on the back of this thing. And then, you know, you're up on it. And like, okay, now I'm going to learn how to strap the car down on this thing. You know, <laughs> you're, I'm watching this guy so closely, you know what I mean? Because I got to know how to do this. Like, I'm going to leave and I didn't like, have anybody there to help me anymore. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is a one time only tutorial here, you know? <laughs> so I'm like Hawkeye in this guy. And he's like a really sweet guy. He's like kind of like a, you know, uh, had kind of a redneck vibe, but he was like, spoke Spanish and English and he was super cool. And like, you know, every guest that came in that needed help, he'd stop and talk to them. And mm. so it took like six hours for him to get this job done. Right. <laughs> oh, so finally we get it all hitched up. We get the car on it and it's like the sun is setting and we're about to leave New Mexico, like drive away from the area, <laughs> you know, where we are. And I've never driven with anything like this. Like, I don't even know what the, I have no fucking idea what I'm about to do. Like, really? Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I wonder what this is going to be like, you know? <laughs> so off we go, man. I pull out onto the byway and like, you know, of course, when you first are doing it, like pull really wide, like pull all the way out into the oncoming lane traffic, you know, just in case. So like, uh, you're going to like grab the trailer on the fence and be like dragging the fence down the road or something, you know, right. the trailer. <laughs> and so I pull around and get out and like, okay, okay, here we go, you know? <laughs> And literally off we went into the darkness. I mean, it was like Joy like filmed the last sunset for patrons as she as we're like leaving New Mexico. And it's like, bye, New Mexico. And or Santa Fe, really, because we were still going to be in New Mexico for a while. And we had picked, we had just like been, you know, looking at the weather because it's like, that's a big part of this lifestyle is the weather kind of dictates where you're going to go and what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to, you know, we don't want to be in bad weather. That's the whole, that's part of what is appealing about this is being able to be in generally nice, nicer weather because it, it's better for the body for both of us right. and, so, and for the mind for that matter. So, you know, we were like, okay, well, let's go down to, we'd been to Corpus Christi, Texas one time. And we were like, let's go to the Gulf of Texaco. That's what we call it, the Gulf of Texaco. Like, let's go to the Gulf of Texaco <laughs> and we'll go, go, go down to a beach and just be on the ocean for a minute. Cause we've been in, you know, a state that has 2% water to land mass. Like it's the smallest percent of water to land mass in the whole continental United States. So it's like, we want to go where there's water, you know, like right. water. <laughs> so we're like, okay, well, let's go there. So 
what that required though, was then driving for like 14 hours, you know? And so man, that first 14 hours, dude, wow. What a ride. <laughs> like, it, you know, you've got the three dogs in the back. They, and, you know, they've had a few little test runs, like riding around training them and stuff. And they've been living in it, but they like, don't know what this is going to be like either. Joy doesn't, I don't, you know, right. we've got all our little gadgets. I got my phone on the little holder. So like I can see maps and stuff. We got a little speaker playing some music. And then we're driving on these like back roads and like every single bump, we started calling them waves. Cause it's like the steamboat. The reason we call it the steamboat is because you have sea legs from being in here because it always is moving. So like if Lupe moves across the steamboat, the whole thing moves uh-huh. literally like it's not an exaggeration. And so when you get on like solid land, everything looks and feels like it's moving. Like you have wow. sea legs, it's the trippiest thing. You get out at a gas station and everything is rocking. It's the trippiest thing. Mm. I can't even describe it. You can feel it in your stomach, like in your inner ear. It's really weird. Yeah. And so, you know, we call and it a steamboat. And again, and again, this, this is something normally I think people do this maybe when they retire. And so they've had like a few trips over their lifetime sure. in an RV, so they know what to yeah. expect. And you guys are just like going pretty much cold into this. Yeah, we've never done that. I mean, we like I said, we've driven like up to Colorado and back in it a few times. You know what I mean? And I've right. like driven it into town a whole number of times so I could get propane filled up because we're running that furnace like 24-7 in the driveway in New Mexico, that propane furnace. Because we would, yeah. I mean, remember I wrote I wrote that story for patrons. For patrons. I was literally, I woke up one night because the furnace had turned off and my tears in my tear ducts were freezing while I was sleeping. The reason I woke up is because my eyelids, my eyelids were freezing shut. And I was like, what in God's name is going on here? Like, and I like checked the dogs and they're like all huddled together in the fall. I'm like, no, it's not okay. You know, I gotta fix this like right now. And it's like three in the morning. What are you going to do? You know, like. It's not like there's an option you got to fix it. Luckily, we're in our, you know, still at that time, we're in our driveway. But anyway, so we started calling the the road like waves, and you'd hit waves on the road because you're in the steamboat. And the thing is, you've got this trailer on the back. You know, the the steamboat itself, it's on steel girders. It's on a a, a steel plate. It's like a moving, you know, house. Mm -hmm. So it's it's heavy. It weighs 14,000 pounds, the steamboat. And then you're pulling 5,000 pounds behind it. So you're like, you know, 19,000, not including humans and dogs and everything else in there. So, you know, pushing 20,000 pounds, it, it's a lot. And it has this whole weird thing where the fulcrum point where the trailer attaches to the steamboat is like this weird thing where, man, you go over like a really big bump in the road. And if you're going too fast, like the nose of the steamboat like goes up and then you come down to the middle. And when the trailer point or the trailer hitch hooks up and the trailer lifts on it, it like kicks the like front wheels off the ground practically it's wow. like it's like hit, we could started calling it hitting breakers like oh man here comes some breakers hold tight hold tight <laughs> and we didn't really know how to have everything like you know strapped down at the time properly so it's like everything is like creaking and shaking and rattling and you know you're like oh my god everything's breaking you know everything's creaking and groaning and you know it's like right. you don't know you can't look but and you know you just you like read some blogs and did some research about like well if you put this between your cups and you know you don't have glass this and that and you just you've like done your research but the reality of it is a whole other thing right. you know what i mean like dude it was harrowing at times like exciting and and i you know me i love to drive so it's like I had fun. Even when I was scared, I was having fun. Like, cause I like it. I think it's fun. But the level of like 
intensity goes up with the fact that it's everything you own, everything you love, all the beings that mean anything to you, it's all in your hands. You know what I mean? Like at one point in time, we're driving down the freeway, I kid you not. And we like to drive at night, you know, because then there's less traffic, get better gas mileage, you have more room on the road. If there's construction, you can like drive down the middle of the road instead of like hitting every pothole with all 10 wheels, you know, (laughs) know, and everything's like going crazy. And so we're driving at night and all all of a sudden I see like flashing lights in this low dip and they're like right in the middle of the freeway. And so, you know, I, I get on the brakes, I get over and I mean, I really only had like four seconds and there was a, a huge head on collision that had happened right oh there in the God. middle of the freeway and pushed across the lanes in the, right in front of us. And it was only because I was paying strict fucking attention that we did not run all 19,000 pounds straight into it. I mean, I, I literally had like, it wow. came up on us so quick and it was so dark out there. This is in like South Texas before we'd actually gotten down to, um, like the island area. So it's like kind of central, I guess, really flat, really dark. And man, it was like, I, I, I hit the brakes, not too hard. Cause you have to be super careful. And I started leaning over and you also can't change lanes real fast either. Everything happens in slow mo. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and man, it was like, I swear they came within, you know, feet of us, you know, and it would just, it would have been, it would have been it. A total right. loss right there. And wow. everything, wow. all of us, you know? And so, it's, there's this, you know, for me, I like that level of intensity, obviously, because I've grown to <laughs> through all the intensity of what's been going on in my life. So like kind of an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it helps me to really be on point. I'm just watching and watching and tech driving, you know, and then you get these stretches that are like lollygag stretches, which are really nice. And you can kind of like, we don't smoke inside it. So we, we pull off every two hours, walk the dogs, smoke a couple cigarettes, you know, mm. stretch the legs and the body and whatnot. And so normally you get through something like that and you pull off and like, you know, and like decompress, get the dogs out, you know, and the nice thing about that is, is you're like, your home is with you. And because you, you live in it all the time, no matter what the outside surroundings are like, it's still your home inside. So Mm -hmm. even if you're in like, you know, a restroom or a, a gas station parking lot, you just pull your blinds and you're just in your house. So it's like, you use your own toilet. You know what I right, mean? You right. use your own refrigerator. You, you know, sit on your own couch. You, so there is like that feeling of like, when you stop where you can kind of really be like, wow, okay, let's chill out for a minute. Like you could even cook yourself some food right then and there with right. on cost. You know, you don't have to go and buy a bunch of garbage that costs a bunch of money at the store, you yeah. know, the gas station and stuff. You just have everything right there that you need. You want to make yourself some food, you make yourself some food, you know? So yeah. it's really like, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. But the, the, the flip side of that is that we didn't have water in our system yet, mind you, because we still had not been using the water system. But now it was like after, I don't know, 10 hours of driving, it had gotten warm enough that we started using the toilet and we would just like pour water in on top of it. So you go in there, you know, instead of having to go into a gas, you know, a gas station toilet and you go and use your toilet, but the, you know, you don't have any water in your tank. So you just pour some water in and then like pull the plunge and down it goes into the, the black tank. You know, So we're like, Oh, we're using our own toilet. We're using our own toilet. We're all excited, you know, like, cause you don't have to go in, then you don't have to go inside and deal with all that nonsense. Right. You know? right. So, you know, we finally get down there. We get down to, to uh, Mustang Island is where we landed. And I guess it was like we left at 5 o'clock and we got to Mustang Island at like 8 o'clock at night mm-hmm. <laughs> the next day. So it was like, you know, we drove all night. The sun came up. We made it all the way there. 
And then we found this beach where you can park and all you have to pay is $12 for a whole year. And all, and there's no hookups, no, you know, no shore power, no shore water, but you can basically be on the beach as long as you move every three days. So if you move, you know, two spots down every three days, no one hassles you. Mm. So we were like, Hey, this is pretty trick. And there was a dump spot that was relatively close. So I went up there, I did our first dump, which was quite the experience. (laughs) I filled up, you know, and I don't know how to use any of this stuff. So I'm like, it's my first time. I just pull up to this place. I pay four bucks. I go over to the dump spot. I'm like, oh, all right, well, let's see how this, you know, the guy just told it to me, like kind of gave me like an overview, but I'm just like thinking about it. It's not like right. doing it, you know? So what I realized is if I hang out at the dump spot and smoke a cigarette, other people will come through and they'll give me all the tips. Right. So I'm like smoking and hanging out and just like talking up all the people that come through and they're like, Oh, you got to do this. And Oh, don't forget about that. And you need enzyme cleaner in there. You know, if you put these enzyme tablets, it breaks everything down and it creates a scented oil layer so that it won't, you know, bubble wow. up. And you need that special kind of toilet paper. That's the fast kind that breaks down really quick. And uh-huh. you know, don't, if you're, if you're docked, don't ever hook up your, your, your tube. So you're just going straight through, let your tank fill up so that the pressure will push it out and your sensors will stay clean, you know, and I'm wow. just like sitting there like taking notes, you know, like, yeah, yeah this is gold, you know? <laughs> so then I, uh, we had a, we knew that you needed to have a water filter. So I hooked up a water filter, ran the water through the water filter into the white tank, filled the white tank up, you know, and like, so now we have water. So we started using the water pump. We're using all the full systems and we're officially boondocking on the beach for a week in, you know, Corpus Christi, South Padre Island. And just that was how we broke into this. So it's like we still hadn't used, you know, that week I learned to use the hot water heater so that we could actually take showers in there because we've been using public bathhouses, which are quite the other experience. I've also documented for my patrons. (laughs) I know you watched that one. You probably watched that one video. It's absolutely terrifying. (laughs) So, you know, again, it's like every motion forward was like a step up, you know, like, oh, now we can do this. Now we can. You know, now we, we we're able to you know do have hot water. Ooh, hot right. water! Yeah, it makes you, know, you like, appreciate all really, those things you take for yeah, granted too. Totally, like so much in your garbage. Like same thing. Like every you're you're you know you're measuring how much water you have by the drop. You're measuring how much garbage you're producing by the you know wrapper. You're mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like it's such a metered lifestyle, and it really makes you hypersensitive to just basic things like. You can't make a mess and leave shit out. You, it, right. If something comes out, it goes back where it lives right away. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to have to go and dump like in however many days. And that means you have to batten the hatches down, pull the slide in, move everything so it won't joggle around, get the dogs comfortable, you know, all of this. So, wow. yeah, I mean, it's just that was like, you know, breaking into that. And so we spent a week there, but then we were like, the tide comes up. And it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up to the point that there's like not going to be a road. And we filmed it for everybody. You can like see it under our tires. Right. And, and we watched this gigantic, like 125,000 pound, you know, class A vehicle, like tour bus style. We watched them literally drop three feet of tobacco tires straight into that sand, man, with the water. And they were stuck. They were there. When we left, they were stuck. Right. They were not getting out of there. And that tide was coming up. Wow. And it's and that vehicle weighs like who knows how much. I yeah. mean, you know, tons and tons and tons of pounds, you know. 
And so we got out of there, luckily. But it was, again, it was like 5 o'clock at night. And you're like, what the right. fuck are we going to do now? Like, we have three <laughs> other spots picked out. But it's like, you didn't really plan on leaving. Like, we were meeting our neighbors in this Class A from Canada and, like, having, like, snacks on the beach. And next thing you know, it's like, no, 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 you're not. You're getting <laughs> the hell out of here. And, you, and you're going to find the new spot you're going to be. you got to do it right now. Like, now. Like, mm-hmm. you split, chop, chop, go. You know, wow. and so off we go tooling into the night, you know what I mean? And again, yeah. it's like, then we drove another crazy stretch and stopped at multiple places that were like, not the place. Like you pull up to a place and you're like, dude, this place is creepy. It's like on a, you know, the edge of an oil refinery on some weird beach. And there's like all these like weird campers around and abandoned houses, dogs barking. And you're just like, whoa, yeah. no, <laughs> not the right vibe. Like, so what do you do? You keep driving, you yeah. know, and that's it. And when you're pulling a trailer like that, you really, especially at night, you have to be super hypersensitive to like what you pull into and how you pull into it. Cause you get jackknifed in the back of a parking lot and it's game over, you know, like right. backing that thing up is a trick behind 30 feet, you know? And so it was, you know, you get into some scary spots where you're like right down in these like tiny little streets that are like L turns and you don't even know if it's going to dead end on you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like hoping, 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 you know? But yeah, we made it to, then we were off to Southwest Louisiana and we, we found a spot. We got there and we we're like, okay, this is the spot. And then you start to settle in and you start to see what that place is about. And then systems start breaking because it's a used vehicle. And just like right. a used house, things start to break. And as those things start to break, you have to start replacing them and whatever that means, you know? And then you got laundry and you can't do laundry there. So you're going to have to go and find a place to do laundry, you know? And you got to find the local stores where you can get the stuff you need and you know, it's all this, like, like you mentioned earlier, you know, really, I got, got exactly what I asked for. My life is my work. <laughs> you know, right, like right. Every day is totally full from, you know, to the brim. And then you've got, you know, other people. And so that's been the most fascinating part of is documenting these people I encounter. Right. I mean, you just can't even imagine these personalities of these people, like all the way from like, right now our camp hosts are these amazing super cool Romanian guys from Transylvania that like are running this this river park in the middle of a place where every other house has a confederate flag and a trump flag hanging up and these guys are making it happen this place was abandoned for seven years and they like are rebuilding this place but you go all the way from that to like I'm in southwest Louisiana and one of my neighbors is this two-time leukemia surviving uh, Texan guy who's got the SS lightning bolts tattooed on his pectoral muscle. Wow. And he's like telling me how other races smell bad. And oh I'm like, God. what in the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, You're kind you of got, in, the, and you know, you, in the thick of it. And you got to like keep a straight face during all this because it's like, I'm not going to just let my chin hit the ground because there's an opportunity for me to absorb something real. It's almost like being, you know, a, uh, um, like a journalist in a lot of ways, right. because, you know, I'm not there to judge. I'm not there to draw conclusions about your, his value as a person, but rather to simply absorb his natural state of being, which is like this incredibly xenophobic racist dude. But then you've got the guy that's like the camp host who's amazing. And he's like inviting us up and cooking this home cooked gumbo and home cooked jambalaya and home cooked crawfish pie and like telling us, you know, teaching me all how to say all the words. And, you know, he's like, it's so funny because I'd say everything wrong. So like, I was like, Oh, we went down and had food at Richard's and he's all, it's Richard's boy. Stay <laughs> like, it was so Where funny. Was this, this, is it? this is in Louisiana, right? 
Yeah, this was the campus, and that's kind of the comparison I'm making. It's like you got this guy who's like your neighbor who's just camping there, and he's this crazy kind of like super racist dude. And then you've got this other guy who's like super open and caring and giving and isn't like that at all, you know? Mm -hmm. But like they just have this vibe everywhere you go. There's like the dialect and the language and the slang and like the culture, the music and the food. And like it's just a whole different trip. And like, you know, you don't say Richards in southwest Louisiana. You say Richards. Right. You don't say Richard. We went to a restaurant and I thought it was called Hollier's. And I'm all, oh, yeah, we went down to Hollier's. And he's all, it's all gays, boys, take that. <laughs> I mean, but that was his personality, you know, that was just 10 miles wide. He was just the most amazing dude. He took us out looking, hunting alligators and showing us all the, the sights and just such amazing giving people. And this is like uh, Acadian people, Acadiana, and they're very proud of their Cajun culture, they're like mm -hmm. solid Cajun people. And it's so beautiful. Like, you know, that there is that there, you know, you don't right. say that there, say that there, man. Yeah. I you love know? that accent's like, great. Yeah. It's so cool. And I just, I mean, to soak that up, to document that, to share that with mm -hmm. people and just have that be because I needed a place to live. And I struck a friendship with this guy and he let me stay for five weeks, even though you're supposed to only stay for 12 days. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I, and, and think about this, you know, talk about perspective. I'm paying $12 a day, $12 a day to be there. That includes electric. That includes dump. That includes water. Right. Wow. I mean, can you imagine paying $384 to be in a place for a month and everything is covered? I mean, right. talk about bringing your overhead down, yeah, you know, that's which pretty is like amazing. what we so desperately needed. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. You got, yeah, you got what you needed. That's for sure. But you know, the sacrifice is the flip side. There's a lot of work to do. You know, you got to get there. You got to get set up. That takes hours. Yeah, you know, right. you got to make sure that all the systems. Yeah, people think I, I, I. Yeah, I just I didn't never thought of it. I figured you just pulled in and parked, and then you're there. But it's like, from what you were describing, it's like you pull in, you gotta like do all your hookups, and you gotta kind of like unbatten everything and. It takes a while. It's a lot of work and effort. Yeah, well, and like today, I mean, you you know, today is the same thing. I, I've been telling Joy, the day dictates itself. That's like my <laughs> thing. The day does dictate itself. Like, I got up today and I was like, all right, well, you know, I need to dump. And we we just pulled into this spot here a few days ago. And so, and there's a dump spot right at where I camp. And I'm like, I've never had that. I always had to like once a week you know, leave the trailer, leave the, you know, we call the trailer Brutus, by the way. So leave Brutus, leave the glitch mobile, you know, joy would hang out with them down there. And I would take the dogs and the steamboat and go up and dump. And that's, you know, it's quite the process. Like you said, there's a lot of systems involved and a lot of opening and closing. And, you know, so anyway, I was like, Oh my gosh, we, for the first time ever, we have a dump spot right here at our campsite. Like how cool is that? I can just like go outside and just dump like, you know, no big deal. So we were getting, you, you have sensors that tell you how much is in them and, and my sensors are clean. So I know that it's getting really full. So we have these dishes that we needed to do. We're not going to run any more gray water into the gray tank. So I'm like, okay, I got to dump. So I get up this morning, I'm in my pajamas and I go out there and hook it all up and, you know, open up the hose and everything's going out like no problem. And then all of a sudden, man, it stops You're talking. and it back flows. And, you know, the area where it goes in the ground, it just, it blows that male piece out and 
you know, you got raw sewage coming back right. up from That's underground. That's what I was going to say. You're talking raw and, sewage here, right? <laughs> yeah, raw sewage. And now it's been treated because you're using treatment in your tank, right? So it's like, you know, there is treatment in it. It is breaking down. It is digesting in the tank because you're using the yes. treatment stuff. So it's, it's, like, it's more like, or less. It's like diarrhea. <laughs> raw sewage. Yeah, like diarrhea horrible, instead right? of turds. You know? <laughs> so the thing is, is like, you know, I've never had this happen before. And so, you, you know, and, and this, this place we're at right now, it's eight, you know, the, the river is eight feet flooded, which I have bunches of great material for my patrons that I have yet to post here of going on a boat tour up this river with Bam, this amazing Romanian dude that runs the park. And he showed us all the springs and I filmed it where like, you can see that the handrails on the walkways are completely underwater. Like it's completely wow. flo- been flooded out from a hurricane they had last October and it's still flooded. Well, evidently the area where we were camping, they were canoeing through it a month ago, like canoeing above where my RV, where the steamboat was like Mm -hmm. canoeing through the trees, right? Because there was that much water. So evidently it got into their system down there and filled everything up. And they didn't know that because they had, you know, whatever, who knows? Anyway, point being is nothing was going down that hole. Now I've got, we call it the worm, the big tube that we dump every day. We call it the blue worm because it's blue and it's mm-hmm. like this, you know, it's like a, it looks like a slinky. It's like an accordion tube, you know, mm-hmm. and you hook it onto this port and you plug the other port into the ground and you pull the black tank plunger first to let all the waste and you pull the gray tank plunger to wash all the waste through. So we call it the blue worm. So I had to like manhandle this blue worm that's full still and like there's nowhere to put it it's gonna go on the ground so i deal with that (laughs) you know i like the whole that whole mess that whole experience i i basically clean up as best as i'm able what had happened and then i went and talked to the the camp host guy and he's like oh that sucks you know i'm so sorry to hear that and you know he's like it's not your fault at all you can move you know no problem you can move somewhere else and so i'm like okay so, you know, then, but then it's like, that's what the day is now. I mean, now it's like, you got to, you know, move, batten the hatches down, get it all ready, pull the trailer, go to a different spot, get the trailer off. You know, then I get over to this spot I'm at here and I learned a lesson. I took the fresh water hose and I opened up the dump over here and started running fresh water down to see, and then it backed up right quick. So it would have got me twice. I'd have had two, two shit geysers. So I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I learned my lesson. <laughs> One shit geyser's enough. That's, that's enough. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I'm like, I, I checked this one and it was backing up. And so I was like, nope, not going to do it. Freshwater backup. So I drove up to a different area where I know that it works because there's a woman who lives up there. Mm-hmm. Plugged into it, do the whole process, get it all done, you know, flush the tanks, this whole thing. You know, it takes however long. Then I got to get over here and I got to level the whole vehicle. You get into your spot. You got to make sure that all, everything reaches for your electric Turns out it's a 50-amp spot, so we have to go then buy an adapter so we can convert our 30-amp to 50-amp so we can actually run it. Wow. And then get the leveling blocks out, level the whole entire thing, then get the slide out, then get the house back in order, then get the dog's walk, get the awning out, make sure the trailer's (laughs) set, you know, and rebuild your front yard because Joy's just been (laughs) doing this beautiful fire pit over here in this whole, like, wonderful front yard, and now it's like, oh, that's not our front yard anymore. This is our new front yard. So, (laughs) you know... It's just, that's it, you know, and and here we are, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh my God, I have five minutes before this podcast and I've literally been at it since I got up and I've not had anything to eat. I had one cup of coffee. I've smoked two cigarettes. 
I've been running breakneck. I have all this other work that I'm supposed to have been doing all day. And that's just like the day dictates itself. And so, you know, you kind of have to surrender all the time in that way. Right. You can't really be at odds. You can't be like, oh, well, it sucks that it went that way. It's like, it doesn't yeah. matter whether it sucks <laughs> or not. Cause that's the way it went. And that's what you have to deal with now. And that's just how it is. You it's know? very Zen kind of thing. You know, it is. Like it. And then amidst all of it, man, there's these beautiful moments. Like, for instance, I know you'll get to see this video because you're a, you're a patron. But I went to take the BM. I have my BMX with us. It goes. It travels with us. We mm-hmm. um, and so I I took the BMX and we we call it the donkey. Actually, <laughs> you get <laughs> so a nickname for donkey. everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. So I took the donkey and it has like a you know a chain on it. It's locked up to the steamboat. And I went to take the chain off of it, and it was it's like one of those, uh, you know, like a cord that's got plastic around it, like a cable with plastic around it. It's kind of mm-hmm. gray. And I pick it up, and this it, like, it moved. Like, I thought I was tripping. Like, it bulged out, and it, like, became all thick. And I was like, what? And it was this tiny little frog that's chilling there, and he's, like, the exact same color as the, the like, plastic cord. Oh, like, weird. And I don't know if he, if he, like, changed his color or if he just is that color. And so, and I, so I unlock it real carefully and I hold it up and he's super friendly. He like, doesn't want to get off the cord and he's like looking at me and letting me get up all close. So Joy filmed him, you know, Ah, and she's filming him for me. And I'm like talking to the camera and basically just like, well, you know, it's been a really difficult day and it's really hard, but guess what? This frog right here just reminded me that it's all good (laughs) and I don't have to like, you know, it's as difficult as it is Like that's, you know, that's the moment where it's it's fine. Beautiful little this beautiful little amphibian wants to hang out and let us film him and talk to him. And he's so pretty and intricate and small. And like right. his belly was like bright, like orange. So his back was like gray, but his belly was like bright orange. Oh, cool. And so that was like that moment, you know, where the universe like touched me and was like, you know what? There's nothing to even stress about, man. Right. This is exactly what's supposed to happen. Everything happens for a reason. You don't have to know what the reason is to know that there is one. You know, you're going to end up over here, and for all you know, in two days, it's going to rain so hard that area where you were parked will be a uh, will be a lake, and you couldn't even be there anyway. So right. don't even worry about it. You know. Wow. So you know, those are those beautiful moments that are like that kind of saving grace amidst everything. If you just take the time to stop and notice it, and be like, okay, I, I, it's all good, mm-hmm. all good. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. The reminder. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so it's been it's been wild, and of course, you know, I mean, again, I, what I've done, what I'm doing with the Patreons is like one of them follows the light side of our travels, and that's the Patreon.com forward slash Land of Enchantment Tours, and I'm sure you'll throw a link in there. And Land yeah. of Enchantment Tours, you know, the banner for it is Boondocking Travel Logs from Infinity. So it's like, you know, emails from Infinity, same thing. It's just it goes on and on. We're not going to stop doing this. We're nomadic now, so it's like. You know, these are our boondocking travel logs, and we're sharing the stories and sharing the images and sharing mm-hmm. the videos and, you know, also giving discounts on the artwork that we're making from all the things that we collect everywhere we go. Because right now we've collected all these shells from Mustang Island and cool rocks and seed pods from Louisiana. Now I'm already collecting a really cool wood stuff here in North Florida. And so, you know, patrons are getting to get the first look at that and get the mm-hmm. discounts on that. And it's stuff from the places they're watching this experience, you right. know, and they get that vicarious look at like, where are they now? And what happened to them last night? And you know, what's going to be next? And who are these cool people that are beating? I mean, dude, I, I met this guy yesterday 
who's been a full-time RVer for 60 years, and he's 80 years old, and I filmed him sitting there showing us a book of all the window paintings he's ever done in his whole career, and they're like Bible-sized books, and there's like eight of them, and he wow. makes these like paints on feathers and paints on pine cone and, and makes earrings and stuff out of it, and like, you know, it just he just walks up, and it's like, yeah, I'll... I want to show you what I'm all about. And, you know, on the back of his RV, it says like he painted it. It says artist for hire sometimes like back road in America for over 60 years. You know, it's That's so great. cool, man. This yeah. guy's like, you know what a character. And I'm you can't make that show document up. It. Yeah. And he's like letting me like, yeah, film me. I want to be on, oh, get my dog in here too. You know? Oh yeah. And I, I think it's a great, it's, it's such a great use of Patreon. It's so interesting and different and, you know, just, you don't even need to create anything. It's like nope. the reality is creating it for you. It's basically yep. putting a bunch of unusual, interesting people in your life and unusual, interesting environments and situations. And you're just basically showing what your life has become, what you're living. Yep. And it's so yep. interesting because most of us are, you know, stuck at home all the time, you know, and not, not traveling the world and seeing what's outside of our, our towns and our homes. And, and especially, you know, the fact that it's RV oriented, that's a whole weird little subculture that nobody I know knows about it. I don't, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't know there were websites. Like you said, you were researching it when you, before you started, I had no idea yeah. there was websites dedicated to RV places and what the best spots were to, to park and, and stay in and, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's a trippy little, uh, subculture. It is. And it's one that's, you know, I, I, I feel very grateful to kind of be on the beginning end of it because mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's got to be kind of more new. and more and yeah, more. It's got to be kind I bet you. Yeah. I bet you it is. I bet you it is. Younger and younger people, man, want to do it because you could get yourself, you know, if you had, if you had some, some investment or some capital to invest, you could get yourself some Airbnbs. And those are your, that's your network, you know, and you rent them out when you're not there to people. And then you always have a place on your circuit to go and stop off and be there. And, you know, for a lot of the younger people, a lot of the millennial generation and stuff, they're hip to how all that stuff works, you know, hip camp and Airbnb and woofing and, you know, free, free campsites.net and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like, you could easily set yourself up where you, you know, you're making a thousand dollars a month off of each little piece of, you know, little quarter acre property with a cabin on it that you bought and have a place to stay anytime you want in any of the places you like and just have an income just from that to be able to travel as much as you want, not be tied down, not be stuck in one place and also be prepared for, you know, if, if things go bad, all of a sudden there's a hurricane, you boogie out, you know, all of a sudden there's an earthquake, you boogie out, right. you know? And I think that that is very appealing to people. And also, you know, certainly that, you know, there's kind of two classes. There's like the younger people that are doing it. And then there's a lot of retired people that this is, you know, what they've been working towards is doing right. this, you know, and they want, and I've met so many cool retired people that are, you know, this is what, this was their dream and now they're doing it. And they, they're they more interested in, you know, like the pro tip stuff. Like, you know, I, I did that whole thing about WeBoost and how we I installed the WeBoost and showed pictures and how I drilled through the ceiling. And, you know, it, it gave a link to where you can get it. And it's just a device we're using to, you know, bump the cell signal so I can do my work. But, the, you know, that kind of stuff is, it's really helpful for someone who's retired and they can just go and look and be like, oh, that's cool. I wouldn't have thought to do that. Or, mm-hmm. oh, Dicor's the best sealant or, you know, oh, this is the best dissolving toilet paper. And, you know, that's kind of dry <laughs> maybe for some people, but for other people, 
it's really, you know, it's hard to find that information. Yeah, it's a, it's a niche, you know, you have it's to a niche market. Yeah, it's definitely a niche yeah, Joyce spent, yeah, Joyce spent so much time researching this, you know, mm-hmm. before we did it. But it's like, we, you know, as we're going along, we're basically testing out all the things that we learned and then slightly modifying them to be the most effective, you know, for so, the lifestyle that we're living. So what's the, what's the other, the, the other Patreon about? Cause that was originally so, dedicated to your, your horror film. It was. And basically what, you know, once I lost all that material on that hard drive, which by the way, I still have that hard drive it's in, it, yeah. it's in the, in the hole basically of the steamboat. And I'm, I'm waiting until I can get into a position here to get that out and remove it from there, make sure I have a static bag so it's safe and get it to somebody who can reclaim that. But what we basically have done is, and as I was saying earlier, you know, the land of enchantment tours is like the light side of our journeys. Whereas that you know, uh, patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity. That one is the dark side of our travels. And so this is, you know, one of the things that joy and I really toyed with is like, I love the beautiful stuff. And you know, I also love the really dark stuff. And Mm -hmm. so some people, they just want the beautiful stuff. Some people, they just want the dark stuff and some people want both. They want Mm -hmm. all of it, you know, and I like it all. And so we wanted to make it available for people to pick and choose. So if you know, and what the banner on that one is boondocking horrors from infinity. Yeah. And, boondocking and, travelogues, boondocking horrors. And as many, as many cool, fun stories you've told me, you've told me an equal amount of like horrors. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause, Cause you're, you're, you know, you're like, you're, you're just living life fully right now. And that comes, you know, with it, a lot of weird shit as, you know, yeah. especially out on the road in these weird places. So you witness stuff you couldn't even imagine. Yeah, like, and it's and it's, it's just it's an interesting. It's so cool. I think the way you've, I don't know, kind of taken the situation and and figured out a way to suit it to the life you're living now and incorporate the existing platforms you you have been using for these other projects and turn them into, um, you know, something that just fits with what you're doing so well. You know. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, now what I can say is by the time that this episode launches, I will have gone into boondocking horrors from infinity and <laughs> redone, the, redone the copy and the images. Because right now, you know, I've changed the banner on it, but I haven't changed any of the, you know, the story and, you know, all of right. that, the, you know, the images right, and stuff. Right. But I have, I had already overhauled Land of Enchantment Tour. So my, you know, my goal here is to have, you know, barring the day dictates itself in a different way, uh, circumstances, my goal is to have both of those all flashed, you know, flushed out so that people can go and really see what it's about. But if you're listening again, you know, it's just the dark side and the light side. And, and I feel like, you know, again, you've seen, you've been following both of them. Mm-hmm. So you've heard me tell the stories, but you've also seen the content. And I mean, it's oh, like, man, the, the, the guts. The human, the, guts, intestines the human on the intestines bayou, on the bayou is like so disturbing. There's something so freaky about seeing human intestines on the bayou. <laughs> I would totally never disembodied. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's, and it's like it's this is real shit too. It's just like so freaky. So I, you know, I'm I'm looking. I know you know what I know how you are. I know the kind of stuff you attract in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just I'm so excited to see what comes up because you just you know you've always been a kind of person that just has some people just attract weirdness into their life you know and and you would not I know you wouldn't disagree with me that you're one of those people I am, I am. <laughs> you absolutely all you have to do is, 
all you have to do is take me to a conjoined and see who sits at Mike's table right. outside. And that, <laughs> that's all you need to know. You're like a magnet for weirdness, so it's great. Um, well, and there's been, I mean, even, you know, that's been the, my biggest hurdle with all of this has been the most frustrating for me is I really want, I desperately want to be able to be releasing this content as it happens. Right. Like, you know, I, that's it. People are so fucking sick of like scripted reality oh, TV yeah. shows. And this is like so completely the antithesis of right. that. Like if I get, if I show up on that camera, I am being as, as real as I can because yeah. I, you know, like when the door broke and I documented that whole thing and I still haven't even been able to show it yet. And so again, what's frustrating to me is like, I want to be able to be in a position where the thing happens and I post it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that, you know? Yeah. And, and because of the nature of this whole lifestyle, it took us, gosh, what, almost a month just to get the unit that we needed. Cause we had to be at a place where we could ship it. And then once we got it for it not to be raining, so I could get it installed. Mm-hmm. And now that we've got it installed to be able to know how to interface with it, and realizing ultimately that I need to do everything for my phone, that like I need to not be hot spotting my you know crappy right. old hand down MacBook that someone gave me when my hard drive crashed or hard drive crashed, but rather I need to be doing everything off the phone. And now that has finally come full front to me, but it's been in the past three days. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You know, now I've got all the apps downloaded so I can upload things to Vimeo. So I have the links and I I've, I used the Patreon app yesterday and was able to do all this work that I hadn't been able to do. But I have so much material that it's like, you know, it, it just, it, it's, there's so much that first of all, it's hard to choose what to share and what right. not to share. And then also to share it, you know, in a timely fashion. And so my, my, what I'm really pushing towards right now is being able to have this thing efficient to the point where I'm not saying, well, you know, two weeks ago, this is what was happening, but it's like, check out what happened today. You know what I mean? Like, well, what yeah, it's Can still, you believe it, you I know? mean, it's still a, it's it's a work in progress for sure. I mean, I have no doubt that you're going to get a groove going and it's going to become like a, you know, super consistent and well curated because, you know, you're, you're, you're still figuring out life on the road at this point. I mean, it's only been how long, how long has it been that you've been out? That's a good question. Uh, it hasn't been that long. A week, a week on Mustang Island. Five only weeks been, at Harry's, so that's six weeks, and one week here for seven weeks. Yeah, I mean, this is just barely starting it. You know, you're just barely starting it. Can you believe it. how much has happened? I know, already, I know. It's, it's like, like every day, it man. I look like, at the clock and I'm like, what the fuck? What happened to the day? Like, <laughs> how is it even possible? Like, you know, oh man, it's crazy the amount of stuff that happens in a day. Yeah, it feels like it feels like months have gone by. You know, with all the stuff, all the stories you've been telling me. You know? Yeah, it's. It's wild. And it, and you know, and like you said, I know I will, I know I will too. I'm just, I'm so impatient when it comes to that. Cause I like, I can see what it's going to be. And yeah. I just wanted to do that already. You know, like I wanted to be able to just yesterday be like, check out this guy who's an artist for hire. Sometimes you won't believe this guy. And just like, you right. know, but at the same time, I, I want it. Well, like you said, I want it well curated. So I don't want stuff out of order. I want to maintain a timeline. You know, it's important. And right. I think it's important that people are able to engage it as a journey for themselves and piece by piece, you know, yeah, yeah, and if yeah. they go back for them to be able to look at it, you know, if you join now to be able to go back and like, go through this whole experience, you know, and right. watch these videos and see these images and read these stories and, have your mind blown. I mean, whether it's the light side or the dark side or both of them, I mean, and you know, that's, that's kind of what I think is so fun about it is like there, you know, there are all the sides to life. You can't discount the one over Mm -hmm. the other. They both have something to offer. And so it's really, like you said, it's, 
it, it would feel like I designed it this way that I would already have these two Patreons and it would, you know, <laughs> if it's not like, I'm not that smart. I wish I was, but it's right. like, it just worked out that way. Mm-hmm. And that's the obvious thing to do with it. You know, I mean, joy, she's been making words like crazy dude. Just the other day when I, I put that drill bit through my fingertip. <laughs> Joy made like five five words that day, and they're beautiful. And then I again, I haven't been able to quite catch up to those ones because I was still showing words that I made back in Louisiana. Right, but yeah, it's cool then, too you know, to have like, like that happen. Where you, artifact. It's cool to have artifacts from the places you're at too, and turning them into words. I mean, that's so cool. Well, and then you get to see them, like, you know, if you're following along, you get to yeah, see, like, right. the raw material, and then you get to see, like, oh, Joy polished these, and here, here's, here they are making them, and there's the progress of yeah, making them, yeah. the process. and then here's the actual thing we made out of the thing, and you remember where we got that, and right. you get to look at it first, and here's a discount, yeah, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it dictates itself, though, again, because, like, I was, that day I had all this stuff I had to do. And I saw Joy making wards, and I'm all, you know, which means, like, I rush into things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I go over there, and I'm like, I saw this dice that had letters on it. And I'm like, oh, man, that's a cool dice. I can make something out of that. I'm going to drill a hole in it. Grab the drill, put this tiny little drill bit into it, and start drilling a hole through it. And, man, that drill bit breaks, and I just push that thing completely through the tip of my fucking uh, finger, you know? And I'm like, you know, and now it's just a whole different thing. Like, now anything else you were going to do, again, is, like, totally on hold. And that was just a bullshit, dumb mic move. Like, I should have known better, you know, and uh-huh. I did it anyway. It's Mercury Retrograde, so I'm going to chalk it up to that a little bit, too. But <laughs> especially after the guys were this morning, you know, the couple, a couple out. But, yeah, you know, so, and I was like, well, I'm not typing now. So all the work I was going to do for my client, I'm going to do longhand with my left hand. And then I'll, you know, tomorrow when it doesn't feel like, you know, I just did what I did to my fingertip, I'll be able to type again. Right. (laughs) It was brutal though, man. It was, that was a gnarly one. Like I actually, um, I did take pictures for patrons after I unwrapped it that night because I, when it happened, it was like too intense. That's perfect content for the, uh. The dark, the, the dark side. It's perfect. Exactly. And that's what I'm doing. It's like I document everything. And then I will let the people on the dark side, because you have to be 18 years or older to even be on that Patreon. You get to see all the real, and I'm talking gross stuff. Like, you're, you know, I'm about to post a video on there that literally has a gigantic human excrement on a sidewalk. Like, I'm not joking. <laughs> in, in, front of a, in front of a dilapidated Burger King on the side of a highway with, like, a trailer that literally looks like it's cooking, it sounds like it's cooking meth right there in the parking lot. And it's coming straight to patrons, man. Petrified frogs everything like it because i'm going to document it all i will and so like whether people want to see it or not that's their business but i'm willing to show it to you you know so yeah last night i told joy she's like she cut open the bandage because we had bandaged it once and then i wanted to rebandage it at the end of the night you know uh-huh. so she cut it open and i was like i she looks at me and she's like oh there he is with his phone already about to document the fingertip you know and i'm like i have to you know like everything you didn't you go know? to the doctor Oh, no, no. I mean, it was a puncture wound, and it was, like, a through and through. And it was also, like, a. it also, like, here's what happened. So when the drill went forward, it went into the fatty tissue on the back of my middle finger. Uh, and then it went all the way through my fingertip and came out just above the nail. So, like, uh, it didn't actually go through the bone or the nail, but it, like, went through that whole section. But uh, then when I yanked, but when I, here's the thing, that the drill bit itself went into the wood and so when i yanked my hand back the whole thing ripped out the tip oh. so like, it's basically like a savage cut all the way across 
so like I've had these kinds of things lots, you know me. And so I, <laughs> I ran in and I got the hydrogen peroxide and just stuck the nozzle all the way down in the hole and just completely filled it to the point that like my fingertip was like literally like a balloon. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> and then I just, I squeezed everything out, you know, cleared it out. And that was when I realized that there was like internal tissue. And so I got that back in uh, and, then I, and then it was fine. Then it was all right. Then it was just bleeding and it wasn't like gross and there was no, you know, nothing in it. That's all they would have done in the emergency room. I know because I've gone enough times to know. So I just, you know, did real hard pressure and then we wrapped it proper and, you know, triple antibiotic and then we cut it open and we rewrapped it and then we've done another wrap since then. So, wow. and I've had a tetanus shot pretty recently. Cause like I said, I, you know, you know me, I, puncture wounds is not outside my repertoire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but here's the best part. So I go back out there and this drill bit still sticking out of this dice. And I'm like, Oh, I'm making a fucking ward out of that. So I right. said to work man, with my finger freshly wrapped. And I just went to went to work and I made this really cool ward that I haven't shown anybody yet, but it's got the drill bit sticking out of the dice. Oh, that's great. That that's so cool. So, <laughs> Cause you know, what are you going to do, man? Like it's, it, it was a blood offering for that particular one. So that's amazing. What's the, uh, what's the going to be the, the, uh, the intention behind that ward? It's an offering ward. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, if you, if you feel like, you know, you need to make an offering somehow, like you feel like, man, I just really need to like make a, make an offer somehow, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, I already bled hardcore for this one and it's going to be like a permanent scar and a major wound. So you don't even have to worry about any of it. Just walk over, touch it, send out your intention. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it's kind of like to balance the scales, you know, make things right in the world, right. you know, or if you feel like you need an offering, like you're just not getting enough and you're just like, man, I need a fucking break. It's like, <laughs> give me a break. It's like, give me a break ward. You know what I mean? Like, Mike it's drilled. that thing, dude, because. Mike drilled yeah, his I, finger for your sins. I did. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So, yeah. It's, you know, and again, it's like that, as I said to you before we even got on this podcast and I was in, today and, and I was, I was joking with you about the, the shit guys it's like, you know, it's just a day in the life, man. It's like, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You got to, you got to keep all the wheels turning, but at the same time, you just, there are so many moments, whether it's because your own stupidity or your own rushing and impatience, or it's because some external circumstance that you have no control over whatsoever right. befalls you, good or bad. I mean, all of a sudden somebody shows up and they want to take you on a boat ride up the Suwannee River and you just got there and you're not even settled, but you're not going to turn that shit down. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, hell yes, you're going on a boat ride up the Suwannee <laughs> River. Like, you know. So it's, it really requires that of you of just being willing to just accept exactly what it comes to you, yeah, how it comes to you and just work your way through it. That's you know? what I'm saying. The, the kind of Zen aspect of it is really, it's all about surrendering and trusting, trusting that you're going to yep. be fine you, you can handle it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, there's a beauty to it, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm really, I mean, needless to say, I'm, I'm, I think it's great. I'm super excited about it. You know, yeah. it, again, it's, it's terrifying at the same time. And I just, I, I hopefully am capturing that properly to share with everybody from both sides. <laughs> they yeah. can see the, like, Here I am in this bathhouse. Are you ready to take a look at this thing? Because yeah. I'm about to actually shower it. You want to see what I'm about to shower? <laughs> okay, here we go. Like, you know, there's just things you can't make up these mm -hmm. people, you know, and, and actually what I'm finding is, is, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to interview people without them losing the, the vibe of the moment. Right. Because right. it's like, the minute a camera goes on, things change and you don't want to have to necessarily ask for permission and get a release before you start recording. 
And so I'm finding my way with that where I'm able to start doing it and ask real offhandedly, but like not make a big deal out of it right. and get really good content that's not pretentious. And then at the end of my stay, I'll just, I just make them sign a release form then. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, so then, yeah. that way I can just really document them without any of that pressure. And it's so real, man. I can't wait to show you this, this 80 year old guy that's been doing it for 60 years. It's, you, it's just so authentic, yeah, you know, and yeah. no one cares. They don't care. If you're just holding your phone like at chest level landscape and your elbows down at your side so it doesn't even look like anything other than maybe you're holding your phone a little weird, nobody cares. They don't even think about it, you know. They just right. let it go. And so you get just this these moments of humanity you just couldn't get otherwise. There's just no other way if you weren't there with, you know, and, and documenting it. Right, right. You let them so know you're really filming powerful. though, right? What was that? You let them know you're filming beforehand though, right? Yeah. Like I'll just be like, you know, I'll oh, walk up and I'll be like, yeah, I'll just be like, Hey, do you, do you mind if I film? And they're like, and most people are like, Oh, whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause everyone's got phones out nowadays. It's not the same thing yeah. as it was back in the day, you know? So yeah, I'll let them know, but I say it like super offhandedly, like Bam's about to get on the boat and he's like telling me about his chickens and, and I'm just like, <laughs> Oh, Hey, do you care if I film, you know? And, and he's like, yeah, no, whatever, you know? So he's like, yeah, you go ahead. No problem. These are my bitches right here. These are my bitches, you know, and that's how he sounds. <laughs> he's got the coolest accent and he's like, hey, look at all of them. I got 60 bitches right here, you know, and he just, you know, I start <laughs> documenting him and he doesn't care, you know, and yeah, then we're yeah. going up the river and once I'm, you've asked one, it's like I, carte blanche. You just keep going, you know. I imagine people would be into it, especially people on the road that aren't, you know, these people all living on the road are not people I imagine that get a lot of opportunity to be seen. And yeah. uh, online or, you know, in, in a setting like that. So I think, yeah, and then it it's sounds real easy. And then you kind of hold off like the pressure of it till the end. Cause you right. know, you're going to be around for a while. So it's right. like, you know, if you're hanging out with somebody, they're relatively local, you know, and they're going to mm. be around. And if, and most people get a real kick out of joy and I, cause we're so outside their box, you know, right. and that's the beauty of it. It's like, here we are coming into their box from the outside and we are clearly outside their box. But they are so outside our box, too, in so many mm-hmm. ways, you know? And so it's this beautiful coming together, you know? And then to, then at the end, you know, you just hit them up and say, hey, would you mind signing this? It's just some legal bullshit. It basically says that I can film you, you know, and, right. and use this. And like, yeah, no problem, whatever. And they're all stoked on it, you know? Yeah. So I've been learning my way through it. And, and you know, it, it's a different approach than traditional documentary filmmaking, which is what I, where I come from, right? And so right. it requires me to adapt in new ways where I'm not being, I don't, you know, I don't want to be clandestine. I don't want to come across like I, you know, I'm, I'm taking advantage or I'm abusing someone's, you know, privilege to their, their intellectual property rights being themselves and who they are. You know, I don't want them to feel trespassed upon, but I also want to find a way to do it where it's comfortable and easy. And so I'm, I'm starting to figure that kind of more journalistic filmmaking mm. quality, you know, which is really fun and gratifying for me. And it yeah. gives me some, a new, a new bone to chew on, you know? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even really think about the idea that it's, it's also an extension of your documentary filmmaking experience, you know? Oh yeah. I, I didn't even, didn't really occur to me. It's kind of cool. It's weird. It's like all your skill sets are sort of coming into play here with this yeah, lifestyle. And who could have, I mean, again, if it was like, if someone designed it, you'd be like, wow, that was a grand design. But yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, I didn't fucking, the universe designed it and it sure is, but I certainly didn't realize it was going to align in this particular fashion until lo and behold, it has. You yeah, know? yeah. But the dogs are loving it, man. That's one of the things that's so cool is the dogs are so happy. They're happier than I've ever seen them uh, I bet. because they get so much. I mean, dude, I take them on eight to 10 walks a day. You uh, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, I they get 
so much attention and they get to meet so many cool new people. And, and all they those just, smells, all those new yeah, smells, smells every time. <laughs> Dude, you land somewhere and they're like, their minds are blown. You take them for a five minute <laughs> walk and put them inside and they're like sawing logs and dreaming and like kicking the walls and stuff for the next three hours. Cause right. it's like the smells are so beyond for them. You know what I mean? It's so cool. Well, that's just, it really is. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so fun and exciting. And I just want to share it with people. And I, and, and of course I want to, you know, I want to, I want to be able to afford to continue to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy. It's turning. It's, it's like, it's becoming its own art project, your life. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's, uh, kind of really what it's all about in the end. Um, so I'm I'm stoked that it's working out for you. It's such a crazy situation. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it develops because, like I said, I know you're just barely starting. And um, I just have a feeling it's going to turn into something really kind of amazing. So I would uh, encourage well, everybody you, to that's, go and support that's it. That's a heavy vote of confidence from you because you know that you're, you're probably one of the most critical people that I've ever met in so far as creativity. And, you know, it's like, you're very empowering. You know, you've always, you've always been very empowering to me. You're very empowering to other people, but you're also, you don't, you don't pull your punches. You don't, you know, you're not bullshit. And that's one of the reasons why I always love you, you know, is because if, if something's not quite right, you'll fucking say it like straight up, no problem, you know? And so, you know, you've always been, when I tell you about what I'm doing and get, you know, and all this, you're, you always have like huge constructive criticism, you know, and which is great because it helps me. So I got to say, though, it's really, really gratifying to hear you say that and, you know, oh, yeah. not a whole load of constructive criticism. It means I'm clearly on the right path. Yeah, you know? see, it's just the potential. I see the potential of, you know, this could be a book, this a novel, this could be a TV show. I mean, really, it's like the potential there is 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 huge, I think. So I well, think I'll it's tell you, man, exciting. I would take. I would take a sponsorship from Gulfstream because Gulfstream is the vehicle we have. And mm. I love this vehicle. <laughs> I think it's incredibly well built. I'd take one from Dremel because I use that Dremel constantly. <laughs> I'd take one from this company called the rub that makes Arnica rub. Now because thinking... dude, I, there's not a day I don't use Arnica rub, especially because <laughs> I had this. Oh, that was the other thing during the whole first, what I've had a torn MCL throughout all this too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that was right. the other thing I didn't, I forgot to mention, but I, I actually have not had to wear the brace for the past week and a half, but I literally was like, you know, down for four days, boondocking in the driveway and joy was doing everything and she doesn't know how to drive the steamboat. So it was like, it's been, that's been a whole nother part of this is the fact that I've had this torn MCL mm-hmm. that's been going on amidst everything. Else. Yeah. Right. I remember that. crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's totally crazy. But yeah, that's great. It's gratifying for me. You know, like I said, that you see the potential in it and you're excited about it. And you know, yeah, yeah. I'm needless to say, I'm excited. about it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to be uh, amazing. I want to, I want to see these. You, you've told me about a lot of really unusual, I'll put it nicely and say unusual people. And yeah. um, I just, I just, you know, I've, I've traveled too, I, not because I wanted to, cause I'm not, it's, it's not the kind of lifestyle for me cause I'm super homebody and um you know, I like doing road trips. I do like, actually, I do like doing road trips. That's fun. I don't like, you know, flying or anything like that, but um, I've traveled. I drove, we drove across the United States before and um, uh, you, you know, you meet, there's so many unusual, interesting people everywhere. Yeah. And, yep. and, and 
I just find it fascinating. So I'm, I'm looking forward it is. to it. I call them, I cut, you know, like I basically have taken up the fight club thing. It's like, they're my single serving neighbors. You know what I mean? Uh. Cause it's like people, you know, you just never know. Someone might come in for a day and then you'll never see them again and they're gone. And you, right. you remember their names and you remember what they told you and you know, mm-hmm. about what they did. And, you know, so it's, it, it, it is very like, it kind of, it just comes and goes and you, you know, but the personalities, like you said, you can't even imagine, you can't make it up. I mean, that's, what's so amazing about it is like right. fact is so much stranger than fiction any day of the week. I am here to tell you, and mm-hmm. if you follow along, you, you'll see too, because it's like yeah. <laughs> mind boggling, absolutely mind boggling. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's all amazing. I guess I should. Well, it's fun to be back. It's fun yeah. to get to like jive with you and do the whole, you know, thing. Know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to guest another time. Oh, for sure. No, you know, I, I see how, let's see how it goes. And, you know, maybe you could have a, we could have a regular feature where you come back on and, and fill people in on what's going on. I think that would be pretty cool. That would be a blast, man. Cause yeah. I, you know, I mean, again, it's like, I didn't, I never left it for any reason other than necessity. So it's like, I'm, of course I miss it, you know, it was, I mean, think about that 89 weeks every week. I mean, think about how long that takes. I know. know. Time and consistency and pattern and ritual involved in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like there's, you know, it's kind of, you're kind of bereft. You're like, I can't, I'm not, I, what do I do? And then, (laughs) like you said, I haven't been talking. And the reason I haven't been talking is because, as my mom likes to say, I never learned anything from talking, you know? <laughs> and so what I, I, you know, I've been adopting this role on this journey where I just shut my fucking mouth. Do you seriously, you would be shocked. <laughs> I'm not joking. You would be shocked. Joy has told me at least every other day. She's like, I'm just really impressed with how quiet because <laughs> dude, it's, it's, it really is like I've turned over a new leaf. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm more interested in just shutting my fucking mouth uh-huh. and sitting there and letting these people tell me whatever they choose to tell me. And honestly, I will do everything I can to keep them going. Like right. that's my, that's my job is like, keep asking questions, you know, keep pushing them along with what they're telling you because it is, it's like, you know, a modern day study in anthropology, yeah. you know, and yeah. sociology and psychology. It's so fascinating that like, I don't even want to fill the air with my sound because I don't even, it doesn't matter. It's like, I need to hear what these people have to say, whatever it is, good, bad, ugly, fascinating, terrifying. Like I just got to absorb this, you know, I'm a writer. I just need to absorb this. So it's been really good for me to learn to shut my fucking mouth and just, you know, turn my ears on and listen. But at the same time, I'm a, I'm a talky dude. So you know, I miss it. I miss getting to like jive with people and like talk about things and get excited and you know right. kick ideas around and all of that. You know. Yeah. So, well, you'll be back, no doubt. So. Well, it's been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. I think yeah. that's probably the longest podcast I've ever stayed on for because I used to be like, you know, yeah. needing to go after like whatever stupid. And that's the other thing that's been nice is watching you be able to run those interviews as long as you want to run them and you know really feel mm-hmm. those characters out. You know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's kind of cool that they they keep going longer, which is cool. I it's I don't know, it's just I as as I have always been approaching anything dark art society related or anything art related really is I'm just kind of following my nose and and um seeing how it develops on its own. Um, yeah, taking yeah. the same approach I do with my artwork really is just to to you trust it and and follow it and uh yeah. let, let it be what it wants to be. 
Um, and it's like you're doing that too with your life on the road because <laughs> you have to <laughs> with every moment. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess, you know, we're almost at two hours. I'm sure you have a lot of, a bunch of stuff to still do tonight. Um, what time is it? You're in, where are you at now? Uh, I'm in North Florida. That's what they call this area is North Florida. But um, for people to kind of put it in their maps, it's, it's near Lake City. Lake City is uh, is in North Florida. What's and we're it? right on the Suwannee, the Suwannee River, S-U-W-A-N-N-E-E, the Suwannee River. Well, what, uh, what's like the... What's the biggest city that I've heard of near there? Uh, we're like an hour and 30 minutes from Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So like that, we're way up north though. And it's like, there's, you know, it's a whole different world up here. It's not nearly as humid as Southwest Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just more temperate. I mean, it's tro- it's subtropical, but it's it's more temperate. So it's it's been nice. But yeah, it's, this river's incredible. It's, they even say on the Google map, it says Florida's most outstanding water. And it's like there's so many springs, hot springs running into this river. It, it really is. They like bottle water off the springs oh, wow. and stuff along this river. Yeah, it's like he was telling us about all kinds of cool places where you can go where it's totally crystal clear water and you can swim with manatees and stuff that mm-hmm. are like springs and they're right here, like literally like within miles from this place. Wow. So I'm going to be filming some really cool stuff here soon and sharing yeah. it. Like, waterfalls that are crystal clear where you can see 15 feet all the way to the bottom of the spring and stuff like that amazing well give give the uh the the we'll we'll post links but give the the addresses the patreons again yeah Yeah, so the the first one the light side is patreon.com as usual forward slash land of enchantment tours and the dark side is patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity Okay, cool. Well, I, I, I would urge people to support it, not only because it's interesting and fun to watch Mike's insane adventures uh, on the road, but also, you know, if you if you uh, appreciate this podcast and the whole Dark Art Society movement, you know, if you can afford it, throw them a, a buck a month. Because, you know, like I said before, without Mike helping me put this podcast on, like he was doing everything. And I was doing the, uh, I was lining up the guests and, and then we were hosting together and he was doing everything else. So if you appreciate the podcast, uh, I, I think it would be a nice, uh, if you can afford it, a nice thing to support his Patreon um, projects because it's going to help him. You know, he, he did a lot of work helping to establish this whole thing and it's been, you know, it's turning into something really big. And so I think uh, he deserves some support just for that alone. And, and on top of that, it's, you know, you're going to get some really crazy, interesting, uh, stories and, and imagery. So, well, and it's broken down real easy too. So it's like, you know, if you pay a buck, you get to read the stories and, you know, I'm a writer at heart. And right. so if you put down that buck, you get to read. Yeah. The, the writing stories. is and excellent. I take the, the writing's excellent. And I take the time to write them. I mean, I'm not like, you know, you know how I am, Chad. Like I don't sit down and just like type yeah. something up like, boo, whatever. This is what I yeah, did. No, you're a great if I'm going to write something, I'm going to write it for real. And I take the time to really do it. So if you pay a buck, you get to do that. 
If you pay the three, you get the images and get to read the stories. If you pay six a month, you get the videos, the images, and the stories. And if you pay nine a month, you get the first look discount and the videos and the images and the stories. So it's, it's all kind of chained together. It's all under 10 bucks wherever you come in at. And we're, the only other one we're working on is doing some on-the-ground meet-and-greet stuff where we would actually go and like find out, hey, what area are you in? Do you want us to stop by? And, you know, we'll come through and we can hang out together. You know, oh, cool. you can pick my brain, you know, on the ground. So, um, but we're still building that in that, you know, there's nothing set in stone, but that's like something people can look forward to, to come in the future. But right now it's, you know, again, it's for less than 10 bucks a month, you can follow the entire thing in every format that it exists. So yeah. I, I would encourage people to do it too. Not only again, cause I want to be able <laughs> to continue to do it, but you know, I mean, I can, I can, I have other ways of making money too, but also I just, again, I really want to share it with people and I want people to get to have this kind of vicarious journey because a lot of people don't get to go and do this, you know, ever, let alone until they're retired, you know? So, I mean, granted it took a lot to, a lot of sacrifice to do it, but it's something that I I really feel passionate about. And I think Mm -hmm. that people, it would enrich their lives. I mean, it's enriching mine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, thanks again for having me on and yeah. for, for your, your major vote of confidence. And of course, I'll always consider myself the co-creator of the Dark Art Society, whether I'm on the podcast or not. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great talking to you. Yeah, um, yeah it was, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been super fun. So thanks for taking the time and coming on and yeah. um, filling us all in. And uh, let me also mention that people have been joining the Dark Art Society Patreon in uh not in droves but um you know pretty pretty uh substantial growth numbers mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not being i'm I, i'm trying to i'm so tired i'm trying to to uh spit my words out <laughs> i'm drinking this caffeine water i got back into caffeine water again my mind's kind of like Ugh. it's been it's been let's put it this way i've been watching the dark art society develop much more rapidly than it was before right. both yeah. in members and in contributors and in reach ultimately on social media yeah yeah and the and the you know when you join for a dollar a month you get access to the the facebook group which is super happening i mean it, that's so happening it's yeah, crazy it's happening all this way more now <laughs> and there's so many yeah and there's so many amazing artists in there i really had no idea that there were so many great artists um contributing and, and supporting this thing because people are starting to yeah. post their artwork in there and it's like wow this is really great work so yeah. you know if you yeah. want to be a part of that it's cool if you just want to listen but if you can afford a buck a month um we definitely appreciate it. We're getting the website built and everything. Um, we got uh, uh, Jeff Bradford working on that, helping out. And um, yeah, so it's a patreon.com slash dark art society. And my personal one is patreon.com slash Chet Czar. And, you know, I, I'm, it's making, I made a post for my podcast, uh, my uh, Patreon. I don't know a few days ago, thanking everybody for contributing because having this pinched nerve, which I'm still kind of battling, it's getting better every day. Um, every day gets a little bit better, but man, it's, it's been a bitch and it's really been affecting how much I can work. And you don't really appreciate something like a Patreon that ensures you steady income every month until you have something like a health issue come up or you can't work yeah. for, you know, it's yeah. like, you know me, I, I'm working every single day. And then when you can't work for two weeks, it's yep. like, 
boom, there goes, you know, there's no money coming in. And have, just knowing that that's there every month is, is so huge for me. And, oh yeah. And man. there's there, I feel the same way. I mean, I don't make, I don't make a whole lot, but hopefully, you know, as it develops more, but nevertheless, man, every month it's like, it's, it's, I, I, it basically pays my car payment. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? So right, like, yeah, yeah. That's so huge. It's like, I mean, just to know that it's like, oh, thank God. Thank God. I know, you know yeah. what I mean? What would I do otherwise? I know, you know? I know. So it's, it's really a special thing and it makes a huge difference in the, the indie creators that you love, like Chet. And he's, and not to mention, I mean, even though, yeah, you've had some rough times, it's like you're still, you're still stomping it. You post way more than most people do on there and the, the quality of your content is better than most other people because I follow a lot of people on there myself. I have two of them. Well, you thanks, know. thanks. Yeah, I got big plans for it too. It's, it's only growing and developing further. So yeah, if you can support that for as little as a dollar a month, please help out if you can. Uh, and that's it for this week. So thanks again for coming on, Mike. It was really cool to talk to you. Yeah, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, and thank you everybody for listening. And I will talk to you in another week. All right, say goodbye, Mike. Peace. Goodbye.